Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody's going to pay. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And out in the night out, you're tuning in to Wrestle Talk, 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... What's up, Russia Talk fans and family? What is going on? Nightmare Jones here once again on another Wednesday night. It is time for the Russia Talk podcast. And if you are listening to the sound of my voice, you have made yourself a smart, smart choice. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have... Such an amazing episode. We've got the high spot segment, the shoot and shout segment, the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the fantasy wrestling segment, the snippets of truth, and if that's not enough, our featured guests are Captain Devin James from Fighting for Autism and WCW Superstar Glacier. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. WCW Superstar Glacier is on the show tonight let me go ahead and not waste any more time let's go ahead and get the man the myth the legend the night owl Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal members of the WrestleTalk family. It is your boy, the Night Owl, checking in from the heartland of the United States, Kansas City, and then, of course, my partner in crime, who you heard, do a wonderful introduction, the one, the only, Nightmare Jones. Guys, we're happy to have you here for episode 260. And, Jonesy, you already did a great job going over who we're going to be having on the show today, dude. On top of that, we're going to have a lot of great conversation um, during the high spot segment. That is the time of the show where we want to hear from the Wrestle Talk podcast family. So whether you're checking us out on the YouTube stream or you're watching us on Facebook Live, listening to the replay, there's always a way to interact. And let me tell you, for those of you who are watching us live tonight, lucky you. Because you have an opportunity to talk to two guys that have a passion for professional wrestling. But, man, let me tell you, when we get an opportunity to talk to Glacier a little bit later tonight, man, I've got so many questions. As I've gone back and done my research, Jonesy, 
there is a special place in pro wrestling history that Glacier fits into, and we're going to ask him all about it uh, in the second hour. But for now, Jonesy, I'm happy to be here, dude. Excited to be doing episode uh, 260, bro. Before we go any further, let me ask you, how the hell have you been, dude? I feel like it's been forever since we've done a show together. Oh, my goodness. I am doing wonderful show. I've got a busy uh, next couple weekends. i got a couple wrestling shows. i got... On uh, Saturday, I've got uh, HECW, and then uh, next Friday, I've got EPPW, and then Saturday, I've got CPW. So, I'm I'm going to be a little bit busy for the next couple weekends. Well, dude, that's always a good thing. And for those of you guys who don't know, my partner Jonesy is a well-known and respected official up in the Upper Northeast uh, in the... Baltimore, Maryland area, and the West Virginia area around Martinsburg, uh, Martinsburg, and then of course I'm based here out of Kansas City, frequenting promotions in both the great state of Kansas and Missouri. But if it is your first time, the first 25 minutes of the show will be all about the callers. So that number is, guys, for those of you guys watching us on uh, YouTube or Facebook, just go ahead and type it out. The number's simple. It's six five seven three eight three. One five two one. If you want to participate during tonight's show, we're also going to be reading your comments on Facebook and YouTube as well. But I'll tell you what, Jonesy, man, I'm ready to get right into it. I know we got some fire topics that we're going to hit during the hot spot segment. So before we get there, let's go ahead and do what we always do about this time and ask everybody to respectfully remove their caps and place their hands over their hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. Guys, we love the support. What means even more to us 
is if you guys are tapping the screen, um, sending those little hearts and thumbs up, commenting, right, so that we can have some stuff to feed off of because we're going to use your content to fuel the show. And then please share. Any pro wrestling website, uh, any pro wrestling Facebook pages that you guys know about, man, just click, copy the link, share it over there so people can tune in live. This is going to be a spectacular show. And, again, if you guys want to be a part of the show, there you go. I saw somebody hit us with that thumbs up. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, dial that number, 657-383-1521. Again, 657-383-1521. That line is open for promoters, for wrestlers, for fans of the Wrestle Talk podcast, even for haters of the Wrestle Talk podcast. We want you to be involved early on in the show. Ain't that right, Jonesy? Absolutely. We want you to call in, talk to us, tell us what's on your mind. Absolutely. Well, with all that said, yeah, that's right. IW, uh, IWE Pro on Twitter, man, the hottest promotion in the state of Georgia, by my estimation, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you do your homework and check those guys out. They got some big, big things going on, man. All that said, folks, let's go ahead and kick it into gear. Enter Timmy Q up the music because it is now time to get into tonight's edition of the Shoot and Shout segment. Enter Timmy, hit the music. Greetings, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Man, there's so much stuff that we could talk about tonight. Uh, the one thing I wanted to, to talk about is this whole thing with uh, Roman Reigns and, and who was attacking him. And I had to laugh last night on Tuesday Night SmackDown when Daniel Bryan revealed who they had, who had, uh, uh, who they said was attacking Roman Reigns. And it was like an exact copy of Eric Ronan. <laughs> But just a older version. It was uh, a pretty fun. I just want to know what your thoughts about this whole Roman Reigns being attacked. And do you think that they're finally going to... When are they finally going to reveal that it was Daniel Bryan all along? Well, listen, bro. I'm not sure when they're going to reveal it. What I can tell you is that I can appreciate the fact that they're not giving it away too soon. Because we regularly, right, like the people that listen to shows like this, we regularly complain that there's no true buildup, okay? Maybe that's what they're trying to do here. I can appreciate it. But as far as last night, as far as that angle on SmackDown pertaining to Rowan, I thought it was a little weird. Uh, It just seemed disjointed. It was very unsatisfying. But that could lend itself to the buildup. So I want to reserve my reservations completely until I see what comes of it. Last night, I was a little like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was a little goofy. The same way that I felt about them suspending the 24-7 championship rules for a night. I mean, I get that Shane has the power to do that stuff, but, I mean, you're trying to create a buzz for the belt, but now all of a sudden it can be suspended for a night. Like, keeping that element alive during that King of the Ring match, I think, would have been a good thing. It would have added an un- it would have added a, a level of uh, of surprise, an element of surprise to it that we all could have looked forward to. And even if they wouldn't have used it, even if no one came out, at least you would have been wondering, like, are they, is somebody going to come out and try to get the 24-7 during it? You know what I mean? But, like, they took that away from us early. So if I have any criticism about last night or Tuesday, I should say, for SmackDown, 
Um, that would be it, dude. But the whole Rowan thing, I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out. What else you got for us tonight during Hot Spots, Jonesy? Oh, my goodness. I mean, like I said, there's 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 so much stuff that 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 we could talk about uh you know the king of the ring the king of the ring has made its, its return we had a couple of matches on monday we had a couple of matches on tuesday uh i'm gonna go ahead and and we're gonna predict the winner of the king of the ring and the king of the ring it seems like whoever wins is always a super duper heel uh you know king booker sheamus uh, Mabel. Uh, so I'm gonna say even bad dude that Barrett. He, hey, bro. He, if people forget yeah. about this, Barrett when he was hot for a little while, he was a big time heel and he won King of the Ring. So there's a exactly. lot of truth to what you're saying, Josie. So what I'm gonna say is my prediction for who's gonna win the King of the Ring is the person that that is easily gonna get the most heat for winning the King of the Ring, and that is the one and only Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. You know what? I'm not yep. going to completely disagree with that because my pick for the King of the Ring is Drew McIntyre. Okay? Uh-huh. That's why I think it's going to win. I think it's going to come down to a match between him and Andrade. That's what I believe. But you know what, bro? It's not just about our opinions. Wrestle Talk isn't just about Renee and Joe talking. No, this is about the members of the Wrestle Talk family. So, guys, I know there's already a few of you guys on hold. We want to bring on as many people as possible over these next 20 minutes. So, again, Somebody type that in for me in the live feed. That's 657-383-1521. Again, that's 657-383-1521. Absolutely want to hear from you guys. Well, you don't have to talk about this topic. If you want to talk about that uh, that video, Jonesy, you saw that video I sent you about the fan that fell asleep in the front row? Dude, <laughs> I absolutely want to talk about the craziest thing you've ever seen from fans at an independent ro- uh, pro wrestling show. I want to hear what – what crazy stories people have. And then, of course, man, some of you guys may want to talk to um, – uh, you guys might want to talk about the, the the reveal, dude, of the logos for the XFL. I have my thoughts yeah. on it. Jonesy, I want to get your thoughts on it. But really, this is all about the members of the WrestleTalk family. So, again, guys, 657-383-1521. Share the broadcast. Tap the hearts and the thumbs up. They really, really help us throughout the broadcast, Jonesy. So what do you want to tackle next? Oh, my goodness. I mean – I guess that that we we can talk about the video that you sent me about the fan that fell asleep in the front row, and I just wanted to know what your thoughts about that video was. Well, first of all, let me just say this. I've been to a ton of independent shows um, because of WrestleTalk, right? A lot of the people that watch this show are either promoters, wrestlers, or fans. So especially of the independent scene. So I think all of us can relate to this a little bit. My favorite story that I've ever saw at a pro wrestling show actually happened before the pro wrestling show. So we went to a Metro Pro show. This was about three years ago. And we were just chilling before the show, doing a cookout and having a blast, dude. Absolutely having a blast. I didn't expect it. But before the show, like, the wrestlers started to come around because they were smelling the food, right? And we all know what wrestlers are hungry, guys. Dude, we had Mike Outlaw out there eating hot dogs. We had Miss Natural out there. Chris Golf came out there. That was, like, one of the coolest things. And my friends were like, bro, that's the crazy. Like, we didn't expect that to happen. And it was funny as hell because, like, we all wanted to be cool with the wrestlers and we wanted to hang out with them. But instead, they came out to us and we're like, yo, they're like, what's up? Can we get a hot dog? I was like, man, hell yeah, y'all can get a hot dog. Let's do this. So that was a really, really dope story. I'm sure 
dope stories or experiences that you've been through whenever you've been to shows, and we want to hear we want to hear them here tonight on the Wrestle Talk podcast, don't we, Joe? Absolutely. Um, any stories, like it doesn't matter what it is, you know, in the professional wrestling. If you got a story, let us know six five seven three eight three one five two one. And I would have to say that that one of the a craziest stories that I that I know of is uh, there's a, a, a tag team in the area called the uh, uh, the uh, cousins, and their music just gets everybody going. It gets everybody up and and dancing. And I remember uh, refereeing one of their their matches, and they won. And the music starts and everybody's getting in the ring and everybody's dancing and then everybody stops and points at me and I had to bust out my Nightmare Jones moves. And let me tell you something. Well, you started was, dancing at the show? For sure. Everybody else was. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like, 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 like one of these things where everybody was dancing all of a sudden they all just stopped and just turned to, to me, to, to the referee. And I'm like, Oh, great. So now you're all going to see Nightmare Jones' moves. And let me tell you, I'm not a dancer, so they were not very, very pretty moves. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, we know you're not a dancer, but you're definitely a singer, bro. We know that you're known for your uh, prowess at the local karaoke bar. So one of these days, we're going to have to get you to sing us a wrestling theme. We might even put up with poll. I, I want to know what the listeners think. If we made Nightmare Jones sing us a pro wrestling theme, what should it be? I've already got a couple that come to mind. I would love to hear you sing Hulk Hogan's I Am a Real American. I would love to hear you sing that. I would also love to hear you sing Shawn Michaels' entry theme and try to, like, make those voices. you like, uh, um, same. Like, <laughs> I think that would be great. We'll try to get that worked out for you guys over the next couple of weeks. My question is, Jonesy, will you accept the challenge if the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast challenge you to sing a pro wrestling theme? Hey, you know what? If if they challenge me, I will definitely do everything that I possibly can to uh, uh, sing whatever theme that 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 they want me, even if it's Sean uh, Sean Michaels or. You know, or, or Kane's theme, or you know, anything. Dude, that would be freaking incredible. I'll tell you what. And a lot of people are sleeping on you. Insane Mel says you don't do anything pretty, but I would contend that you've never heard Nightmare Jones sing. And Mel, if you were coming out to the event, you would have been at Universe Mania Five. You would have heard this man. This man was out there singing his freaking lungs out, dude. Jonesy, I know when you went to karaoke with the fan, bro, you guys absolutely killed it. I got every report said that you were absolutely on fire, and I have no question that you can do it again. I have no, no question, absolutely, that you can do it again. <laughs> and I think we got a caller, Jonesy. Why don't you have intern Timmy check on that? Let's go ahead and start bringing these callers on again, guys. Whether you love pro wrestling or you're just kind of a spectator, you're a promoter, a wrestler, or a fan, this is the place to be, guys. We want to talk to you right here during the show. And uh, the best way to do that is to call in. That's 657-383-1521. You know what else, Jonesy? I want to go ahead and comment on this. Kind of want to beat everybody to the gun a little bit. Um, you heard me mention it. The logos are now officially out. I know this is a pro wrestling show, but this is XFL talk, right? So it's kind of tied to wrestling to a certain extent. So my question is to you guys. 
what do you think of the new logos? Take a moment, okay? I want you to listen. I mean, I want you to check them out and give us your thoughts. I saw them, Jonesy, and there are a few that I thought were particularly good, okay? So I really, really loved the Houston Roughnecks because it looks like the old Oilers emblem. I thought that was great. Uh, I love the Dallas Renegades. I think it sounds way cooler than the Dallas Cowboys. And then I really, really loved the Tampa – excuse me. Whoa, Stella. Um, I really, really liked the Tampa Bay Vipers, but I would have liked it more if it would have been the St. Louis Vipers instead of the St. Louis Battlehawks. Can you, can you think of why I think the Vipers would have fit a little bit better with St. Louis? What do you think about that, bro? Is there any, probably, any thoughts on why you think the Vipers would have prob- fit better? Probably because of the homage to uh, Randy Orton being from correct, St. Louis. Correct, correct. Yeah. You're absolutely right, dude. That That's why. I felt like it would have been a perfect fit for St. Louis to be the Vipers, but hey. Who am I? My opinion doesn't really count. Who gives a damn? Either way, I want to know what you guys think because I think these logos are pretty impressive. I think the L.A. Wildcats is a little, like, eh, underproduced. Um, The Seattle Dragons look pretty good. Jonesy, are there any of those logos that you thought were good or bad? Because I think it's kind of hit or miss depending on which. Um, The uh, logo for uh, D.C. wasn't too bad. Uh. You know, they're, 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 I haven't really gotten a chance to really take a look at them too much. So, uh, you know, from what I've seen, there's not really any that I don't really like. Uh, but let's go ahead and get a caller in, in here and see what, what their thoughts are. Ben, you are live on the Russia Talk podcast with John Renee. Hey, Where man. Calling from? What's up? Get uh, brother. Get Illinois. What's Illinois, up, Illinois, What's up? What's yes, up? Sir. Man, I'm uh, I'm looking at these logos right now, and I gotta say, like they're a little lackluster to me. You know what I mean? Uh, Especially that yeah. LA one, dude. They put no effort into that LA logo. Dude. Yeah, I'm looking at the Dallas Renegades. I think that's kind of cool, but I don't know. But I was really just calling to say, great, great show, and I, I'll keep listening, man. Thanks well, well for listen, what you Ben. For, uh, I got a question for you. I want to I want to dig into your professional wrestling psyche. We like oh, to stretch oh, people oh. here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. So oh, let me get. Oh. Here's my question. I'm Please. ready. Rollins and Strowman winning the tag team championships. You can answer that. That's option A. Okay. I want to know your thoughts on that. Or B. What did you think about the Chris Jericho tweet? Basically, burying his flag into the ground and challenging the WWE to see if they can go mano to mano against w, uh, AEW on Wednesday nights. Either one of those topics that you want to give us your opinion on, man, I, I want to uh, hear you bring it. I want to hear you bring it passionately. I, I'm just going to touch on the Braun Strowman, uh, Seth Rollins thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do it. Why? That's all I got to say. Uh, <laughs> why? Uh, but... That Jericho tweet, man, like that's ballsy. That's real ballsy, dude. And it's it's got me excited about like how heated this is gonna be. You know what I mean? Because that just creates uh, interesting moments. I absolutely agree. Jones, you got any final questions for Ben before we move on? 
Uh, just, you know, thank you for calling in, man. Uh, uh, man I appreciate what you guys do. Uh, I hope yeah. to catch Renee at a uh, show soon, man. But you guys take it easy. Bro, well, For real. well, let me let me give you my schedule. I will be at every uh, KCXW show between now and the end of next year. I will be at every uh, XWE show till the end of next year, and I will hardly ever miss an X uh, a Journey Pro show here locally. And then if you want to know, like, where I'm traveling for shows, bro, just keep up on my Facebook page. I know we're friends. Got so you. just keep up on I'm that. Gonna... Maybe you can jump in the ride with me one of these days and go on one of these road trips. I'm down, bro. I'm down. Uh, just one more thing. If you miss uh, Battle of Spalding, you're a loser. <laughs> All right. There you go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, our boy Ben uh, checking in from Illinois, man. We appreciate you, brother. Well, Josie, man, there was one other thing, and I know we got a couple other callers on hold. We're just a few minutes away from mm-hmm. talking uh, uh, to Mr. Devin the Cap. Uh, Devin James is going to be with us in just a matter of moments, bro. But, you know, I- I'm stopping and thinking, dude, and I'm-, I'm really, really getting excited, man. Like, it's that time of the year where football's kicking off, WWE 2K is out, you know, NBA 2K is right around the corner. Like, this is a really, really exciting time of the year. But, oddly enough, like, right as we start getting towards Survivor Series, it almost seems like, oh, it's like the dog days of fall is what I like to call it in professional wrestling. If you could do anything, Josie, to change up the monotony between SummerSlam and Royal Rumble, what would you do? Would you add another pay-per-view? Would you take one away? What would you do a little bit different? Because now I think that they have a built-in machine to help them from having that lull because they've got the AEW mm-hmm. thing, they've got going to Fox, they've got, you know, uh, yeah. NXT, which was recently announced it's going to be debuting on USA Network. So I think that was built in. But previously, dude, I mean, between you and me, it kind of always got a little stale between SummerSlam and Royal Rumble, dude. Like, Survivor Series is not nearly what it used to be, let's just say, 15, 20 years ago, in my opinion. What would you do different, bro, or am I completely off base on this one? Um, I, I think that that – one of the the issues for me with Survivor Series is growing up is I remember the uh, a team that they had. Survivor Series was was it was was about teams. Like you had the Hockey Maniacs against the uh, a Dream Team, and and they got away from that. I would love to to see them come back. To that for the Survivor Series. I mean that 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 that's just what I would love to to see. I know that you know times have changed. Uh, so maybe if they 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 went back to to that, or if 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 they had a bigger build for Survivor Series, because it just seems like there's so many pay per views. Like you got a pay per view, and then you know like three weeks later you got another pay per view, and then so there's no build up. It seems. Uh, that's just my little thought. stale. Little stale, if you ask me. Well, listen, I do believe we have another caller that we're going to be able to squeeze in, maybe two, uh, before we have the cap call in and break it all down for us. Intern Timmy, why don't you queue up uh, phone number ending in 3321 and see what uh, this fine gentleman wants to discuss with us tonight? What's going on, Robert? You live on the Best of Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. Where are you calling from and what do you got for us? I'm from Watertown, New York. Uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, I just dropped in. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about the. I don't know if you guys heard about the promo world in on Facebook. 
Um, I'm also an independent wrestler here in New York as well. Um, nice. But um, we have a we have a federation on Facebook called Premier Promo Federation, or and uh, we have our own YouTube channel and everything like that. And we'd like to have you guys go ahead and check it out. It's it's popping right now, man. I mean, we have our own T-shirts. We make our own belts. Um, wow. We we do all the promo. We have matches against one another on the promo promo side of things. We we don't talk about moves or anything like that in 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 ring stuff. We talk about the stuff that like um basically we talk crap about each other basically. And you know how basically uh, the, so it's like the a, promo like an or uh yeah, yeah, but but it's it's different than an ethet. It's a it's a brand basically. It's uh it, you can't swear on it. You can't um can't use uh drug related um incidents. You can't smoke and everything like that on on your promos and everything. We do our own graphics. We do our own um, editing and everything like that. We were in the 2K part of things at one point in time. We were using all that and uh, stuff, but we kind of tapered off of that. We broke it down and raised it, rose it back up from the ground up to see who's all wants to be in this and stuff, man. You should go check it out. It's really cool. It's fun. It's exciting. It's entertaining. You should try. You should try to go check it out, man. Well, listen, we we appreciate that, bro, and, you know, you found the right show to call in and promote that, because let me tell you something, I've been involved in fantasy wrestling for a couple of years now, and uh, and I'm pretty proud of what I've done there. Um, I, we always say this, Rob, um, you know, not everybody gets the luxury of becoming an actual professional wrestler, and when I say luxury, I don't mean to paint it as something easy. Anybody who ever listens to this show knows the incredible respect that I have for the men and women in the sport of professional wrestling, but sometimes life doesn't allow you to be a pro wrestler, and fantasy wrestling is a great alternative, bro. So with that said, let me ask you this question, man. When you look at the at, at the challenge that is before us as wrestling fans, okay, the fantasy stuff to the side, when you look at the right. challenge, how are you going to divide your week? when it comes to watching wrestling? Because as much as I know you probably stay involved with your fantasy group, I'm sure you still watch a great deal of wrestling on television. And so the question oh, yeah. is, and I think this is the question that every fan is going to have to answer to themselves, what am I going to do? I can't spend five days a week watching wrestling. Can I? What are you going to do about that, Rob? <laughs> um, well, see, I, I do I do um, my promos on the time I have allotted to me, you know what I mean? And then I have, okay. and I watch Monday Night Raw, and I watch SmackDown, and I watch okay. all the, the the pay-per-views and the AEW stuff, too. The AEW is popping off really well, too, as well. Um, and I, I set a time that I do my promos and everything, and I do my in-ring stuff on Tuesdays nights around 8 o'clock until 10. I train and I practice and everything in, in the ring um, here in, upstate New York and of course I have a job, a nine to five job, of course, you know, I, I gotta pay the bills, you know what I mean? Don't we all but, brother, don't we all Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um but other than that, yeah, I, I said I said a, a, a time where, because my wife is in the, the fantasy East Ed world too as well. And I got her going on that stuff too and she loves it. I mean she, she I got her I, I I named her character and everything. I I help her with her promos and everything like that, and she's doing really well. She's she just had her ma- first debut match 
in in the in the Premier Promo Federation, and well, she lost her first match, but she's. They also have a performance center there that they help critique us to help us with our character and all this other stuff and what to say, what not to say, you know what I mean, and all that, which is right, really absolutely. good in the, in the wrestling business as today, where where everything is lollipop, uh, lollipop stuff, you know, like. Some of the WWE stuff is good, but some of it is kind of corny, you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. You know, and it, it's just like uh, like that, uh, like the Bray Wyatt character. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's good and everything, but the whole Mr. Rogers thing kind of threw me off, you know, and then he came out as the Fiend, and he, he, he went up on, over on uh, Finn Balor, which I wish the Demon would have came in and went up against the Fiend, but that's probably for another time and another place, probably. You know what I mean? But no, absolutely. Well, Rob, I'll tell you what, man. You've got some great insight, man. We're glad that you came on. Go ahead and drop the information of the of the group just one more time, man. And just promise promise us you won't be a stranger. Please subscribe, oh, no. follow, share. You know that whole deal, man. We want to make sure that we stay in touch with you. Not just every once in a while, man. But if you want to come on every couple of weeks, we would love to have you. All right, brother. All right, man. No problem. Appreciate you having me. You got it, Rob. Shout out to my folks, my folks up in New York. <laughs> All right, later. Peace. Peace. Jonesy, wow. upstate New York is in the house. Illinois is in the house. West right? Virginia and Maryland is in the house. KC is in the house. I mean, damn, the rest of talk podcast, baby. Game over. That's all I can say, man. We got some great people contributing to the show, and that's why it's special, dude. We got awesome people from all over the place that want to be here. And, bro, just a couple of minutes away from our first featured interview, man. Any closing thoughts on um, high spots before we move on to that, Jonesy? Oh, just, you know, there, there's so much stuff going on in, in the professional wrestling business that it's hard to to get through it all in, you know, less than 30 minutes. But we definitely do what, what, whatever we can. And, you know, I'm interested in seeing uh, NXT on uh the USA Network going live on Wednesdays. That's going to be be absolutely amazing because, you know, of how great the NXT is. And now you're going to be able to watch it without having to go to the WWE Network. And it's going to be on at the same time that AEW is. So it's going to be kind of like what it was with the WCW and the WWE and uh, Monday Night Raw, but you keep switching back and forth. Absolutely, and the difference is now, dude, you can actually, like, DVR one and then one watch one right after the other instead of back in the day where you literally had to flip back and forth unless you were one of the rich kids that could afford, like, two VCRs so you could record both. <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't me. All I'm telling you, bro, is that if you missed the show, you missed the show, and then when they were talking about it the next night or the next day at school, you were SOL, dude, SOL 100%. Well, listen, Jonesy. Uh, we are going to move on to our featured interview of the evening, but before we get there, a couple other guys I want to give a shout-out to. And Rob, thank you for calling in. That was a great time. Uh, Ted Smith's been showing us some love. Chad talking about Call of Duty coming out. You're right, bro. It is that it is that Call of Duty season. I'm trying to scroll up a little bit more. There's a few people here who are, okay, Curtis checking us out. Um, Allison checking us out from Cape, man. Super-duper grateful for each and every one of you guys uh, for the support. Um, but with those shout-outs out of the way, I wanted to thank everybody, since I was not here last week, for an amazing turnout at eSports Bar KC. We put over 40 people 
in a venue to watch a WWE pay-per-view. Now, that may not impress many, okay? But I've been to wrestling shows with less than 40 people at them. So let that tell you something. We had people travel from four different states to come up to watch SummerSlam with us at eSports. And you know what? It was a tremendous event. I left the Flyers up one more week because I wanted to make sure that I did not forget to give a huge shout-out. Guys, pro wrestling has expanded beyond the ring. It is now in fantasy groups. It is now in watch parties. It is now uh, basically any corner of the United States you can find a promotion, whether you want to be a wrestler, a referee, an announcer, a commentator, a trainer, an age. I mean, like, it is everywhere. So if you've been thinking about getting into the world of pro wrestling, whether it be as a podcaster or as a competitor, this is the time to do it. And I'm not the guy who's going to stand in your way because I have a podcast that you could potentially compete with. Nah, bro, like somebody like my God, my wrestling godfather said, hey, bro, you like what you do, have fun while you do it, and go out there and kill them. And we've been doing it, Jonesy. It makes me so proud. So don't let anything stop you and discourage you from getting into the world of pro wrestling, even if you just want to be a fan. Because as far as I'm concerned, that is the funnest thing to do in pro wrestling, aside from all the jobs that you could potentially have. The fan experience is the best part of pro wrestling, and we had over 40 fans pack into the eSports bar in KC, and we absolutely killed it, dude. It was a great event. It was an absolutely wonderful experience, as always. Thank you to B-Will. And I wanted to remind you guys that we will have another event coming up either for Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. And if you want to help us ensure that that happens, because I know there's a lot of top fans out there that support us and, and stand behind us, but if you really, really want to show that support for the Wrestle Talk podcast and keep making sure that we can do these events and have these wonderful interviews, we encourage you guys to go over to WrestleTalkPodcast.com and check out these custom-made, custom-engraved, we can put your name on it, Wrestle Talk Podcast mugs. They can be used for root beer floats, ice cream, Sundays. They can be used for beer, which is what I like them for the most. They're 15 bucks without your name on it, an extra five, and we'll engrave your name. And then, uh, you know, you obviously have to cover the shipping or whatever. But they are bar-quality glass. This is not stuff from the store down the street. I mean, this is bar-quality glass. If you take care of it, it will last you an absolute lifetime. Josie, can you please stand behind me on this one? The Wrestle Talk podcast mugs are absolutely 100% legit, baby. Absolutely. And the best thing about them is that we have, have done scientific uh, uh, experiments, and we can tell you that these beer mugs hold exactly one bottle of beer. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So the research has also shown that your beer is exactly 17.5% tastier if you yep. drink it out of a Wrestle Talk podcast mug. Folks, you may say that I'm being a little biased. You may be saying that I, I'm making this up, but I guarantee you the scientific research has proven, okay, shout out to Michael, thank you for being here, shout out to Sonny, we love you. The scientific research has proven that your beer will taste 17.5% better if you drink it out of a Wrestle Talk podcast mug. Fucking bullshit! Wait a minute, wait, what the hell is wrong with entertainment? We're trying to sell merch here, why would he hit that right now, Josie? I don't know. I didn't do it. Intern Timmy's about to get fired. You're not getting one cut. You're not getting one penny from the mugs. You're not getting a dime. I'm telling you. You're not Not getting a dime. dime. Not a dime. Not a dime. Oh, where's that drop when you need it? Where's the not a drawn drop? 
drop. We need that right now. <laughs> Never drew a dime. Not a dime. Not a dime. <laughs> All right, Josie, let's go ahead and transition into our first featured interview of the evening. I know we got some music that we're going to hit, so let's go ahead it. Go ahead and hit it as we welcome in the man that's going to be at the Spectrum Slam. Dude, I, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Let's go ahead and hit the music, baby. Then we'll do the intro. I'm ready, baby. Let's go. Georgia. Uh, 
they were hosting a Fighting for Autism show. One of our vice presidents, uh, Dwayne Titan Smith, who's actually in our main event, he was uh, hosting it. And uh, I get goose. I get. I start shaking talking about it because I was just I get so excited. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. so we, he uh, he said, hey, we're hosting a Fighting for Autism show on this date, and uh, I want you to be in the main event. And um, he goes, I want to. Uh, he goes, I want it to be for the uh, uh, world heavyweight title for the fighting for autism. I said, okay. So, so is it vacant? And he goes, well, yeah, right now the title's vacant. I said, well, not anymore. Hand it over. I'm now the champion. And he did as I said, and I became champion. And then uh, went down to Chatsworth, put on a hell of a show. Uh, Banner won, um, technically. And uh, from there, uh, I wanted to – I had so much fun. And, you know, it was a small barn, and they packed it full of 400 people. And um, it reignited that fire that I had from when I was wrestling in, you know, Okinawa, Japan from 2010 to 2012. And, um, you know, and I, that's what ignited the fire. So I kind of uh, – I have history of promoting um, – you know, or, uh, charity fight shows for fighting for autism in the past through mixed martial arts. So I thought, you know, how hard could it be in pro wrestling? And uh, I got proven way wrong. So uh, when, when I had a bunch of questions right from the get-go, I said, you know what, I need to – there's only one guy I'm really going to call with it. Fighting for autism is my baby. So when I expand people out and want to, you know, put the organization on my back and – um, there was no other person better than to hand the football off to Jimmy on with Dynamo Pro, and they've come through great. Uh, Luke, uh, great. Um, everyone, you know, front to back, great. Uh, 2017, we had 982 people come to the event. You know wow. what I'm saying? That's all, You know what I'm saying? For St. Charles. Um that's what uh, we were set to have a show last year. However, that operation got put to hold when our um, fighting for autism director's house was in a fire. So we ceased, uh, we ceased the show to help rebuild towards that. There was no needed added stress for him or anybody at the time uh, with his house fire going on. He just moved back in a, mo- a month ago. So Brian, uh, shout out to you if you're listening, but um, you know, now that, you know, and it was actually, last year when we started planning this card together um when we started piecing it i said so this card's been a year in the works that's why it's at the venue it's at this year uh we want a capacity of 1500 people uh we want to make it affordable so that's why we're um making it 15 dollars tickets for general admission and um this wouldn't be possible at all if you know for everyone who became behind me because again this is just an idea that sparked in a barn in a town full of 500 people with a bar full of 400 of them, uh, Car Shield, they're sponsoring the event. They, I laid out everything of how much everything's going to cost. Um, they cut a check for the whole amount and said, go, go get it. Um, our goal is to have a, an, a center, a therapeutic center, where we could have counseling or therapies, kickboxing therapies or art programs, music programs. Um, I would like to, you know, start hosting where, like, folks on the spectrum or I can help them with like job resumes in the future, something, a center for something like that, um, where it'd be funded. And, you know, it's, you know, events like these that will 
help make sure that it gets put right back into the system uh, or where we're hosting it. You know, I, I, St. Louis is, you know, my home. So uh, there's, you know, to my knowledge, there's not really a fighting for autism like rep for it because, you know, Brian is the uh, director of force, so he oversees it. Um, but I, you know, like I said, I was made an ambassador in 2017. So I try to make that mean something by being an ambassador and trying to make the other ambassadors out there listening level up and host the show. Um, because it was really Dwayne Smith who showed me, you know, what it was like to be a wrestler again, uh, in the business. Um, and then he was also the guy that showed me how to be an ambassador in this business and outside the ropes as a man and as a husband. Um, so, you know, and same with Brian. Uh, so this is uh, fighting for autism. That's what that means to me. That's what this center means to me. Um, you know, I put my heart and my soul in this card, and so did everybody else because they were just behind me. Uh, Brian, you know, we've been we, literally Brian, Jim, and I, we've been Luke talking about this show for over a year, and I'm just shaking with excitement because this Saturday it's going to come all together. Car Shield presents. Dynamo Pro, the Spectrum Slam, hosted by Road Warrior Animal, main evented by Glacier. I mean, Beth Bagwell's on the card. We have a 25-man battle royale. Uh, we're introducing some title belts, the Women's Fighting for Autism Championship title, uh, the Intercontinental, the Fighting for Autism Intercontinental Championship title. Um, we rebranded the U.S. title, Adrian Surge, uh, and Lockie from Australia, who has done a lot wait, of work. Wait, let, me, let me interrupt you, uh, Devin. I, you mentioned the name, and Lockie was actually a guest of the show last week. A lot of people know him. He's very, very well respected in the uh, mm -hmm. wonderful country of Australia. But he did have some words for you just a second ago. I want to let you finish, but I want to read to you what he said. He says, uh, this is the artist formerly known as Lockie. He says, oh, captain, my captain, my best of wishes for the over-the-top-rope challenge. I will definitely see you on Saturday. That sounds like a challenge to me, Devin. How does it sound to you? Uh, I mean, obviously he's you know, has a silver spoon and thinks he can do whatever he wants just because he parties with Fozzie over in uh, you know, Australia, and he bench he presses with John Cena. He told Joe you know, and, and he, Rob that nonstop last week. Of, Trust me, of he course would not he did. shut up about of course, it. Of course he did. I know he <laughs> wouldn't. You know why? Because when you come to St. Louis and you say my name, people ask what side of the fence are you on? Are you upset with him? Did, you, did he piss you off? Did you piss him off? Or are you a friend? So, of course, he has to drop my name into it because nobody here in St. Louis knows him. And no one's ever going to know about him. If it wasn't for me, nobody would know about him. So, yes, please, use the great beard that you have to climb on top of my mouth and on my head and stand on top of me as your platform child. But beware, your legs are tiny. And it is a long fall from five feet of heaven from when I slam your ass through a table if I need to be. Triggered. I'm sorry. Calm down. Um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait, I believe so, we have a drop for that. <laughs> so, uh. Got him! <laughs> Got him! <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, uh, please, carry, please carry on, Devin. Please carry on. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, 
with Captain. Uh, so, like I said, he knows who I am, and he knows he's coming to my backyard. Uh, you have to worry. Why don't you worry about Adrian Surge, young man? Let Captain make it happen. So, other than that, he's a great kid, and he's a strong worker. But he needs to watch his mouth around me. So. Ooh. Joe? Wow. But I don't want to take up all of the time. So, Renee, why don't you go ahead and jump in with whatever questions that you have, Renee? Yeah, I got all the time. Oh, to do it, so. well, well, we appreciate it, man. And, and, and we do have uh, quite a few questions. And we have a couple of people on hold. We're going to try yeah. to get to them okay. if we can. Uh, if not, it's okay because I know this probably won't be the last time that we talk to you. But listen, sometimes during the show, we like to interject with a short segment, and it's called Tweet of the Week. When we're doing research on our guests, we research their Instagram, their Facebook, and then, of course, their Twitter accounts. Not everybody has a Twitter account. You do, and there are some stuff, there are some things going on on your Twitter account that I have some questions about. My first question is, are you man enough to answer them honestly? Because I got some questions about your Twitter account. Are you down? Sure. Yeah, why not? All right. Go ahead and hit that drop, Timmy. All right. So, looking at your Twitter account, that is at CAP, C-A-P-T, abbreviated, right? Captain abbreviated, C-A-P-T, yeah. Devin James on Twitter. That's C-A-P-T. Devin James on Twitter. So your last two Twitter posts are what caught my attention. And they're from a little while ago, but I, I had to ask. I had to ask. So the first one is, on July 10th, you posted Team Janella Baby. Now, everybody Uh-oh. that listens to this show knows how <laughs> I feel about Joey Janella, so I need some answers. And then number two... You said, and the, 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 this is your pin tweet, which means this is like your mission statement in life. In, in your in your tweet said, my two favorite coaches, uh, I said, uh, my two favorite coaches who I hope write books are Steve Kerr and DC MMA, that's Daniel Cormier. So here's my question about that. Number one, you do know that Steve Kerr is operating with all of Mark Jackson's players. And number two, you recognize that Daniel Cormier just got laid out last weekend, right? Are you aware of this, sir? Are you aware? Yeah, I'm aware. So, explain. Explain I want to read a book if if Daniel Cormier writes a book. Uh, Daniel Cormier yeah. is a great man. I mean, I mean, I, I connect a lot with him. I'm not looking for sympathy, but, I mean, he lost a child, you know, uh, when, when I was born. Uh, he's a, you know, father. He uh, took in, you know, stepchildren. Um, uh, he's a coach, he's a man, and I see him evolve in the game. And, uh, what he does outside is what I absolutely admire him about him. And it's like, when, I mean, yeah, he just lost, but he just also like posted an inspirational photo that, you know, just connects with anybody. It's like, when you're down in life, keep smiling. Um, so if he writes a book, I'm going to fucking order it. Um, Second, okay, well, let me say something about DC. Yeah. Let, me, let me add something. So, DC, and I have to agree with you completely, but I had to give you crap because he just lost, you know, sportsmanship, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, DC actually coaches in California. 
California, a high school, for yep. nothing. He is a coach for nothing. He doesn't charge them a dime, and he's created an environment for up-and-coming athletes that is second to none. So kudos to you on the Daniel Cormier. But, again, he lost, so I had to make one. Now, now tell us a little bit about Steve Kerr, man, what makes him so interesting to you. Now, who the hell did I say? That had to be different. Let me check.
what makes that ambassadorship for fighting for autism? We've had a couple of people that are watching us live tonight, which I love you guys for checking us out, man. Please make sure you share this broadcast. Uh, that have said, hey, I've got children that deal with autism. What t- What is your tie-in, uh, Captain, to autism? Do you have children that suffer from it? Maybe was it a relative? Was it you? And, and how does it affect your life um, in relation to uh, how, how, you know, your relative or whoever it was that was suffering with it? Was it something that you personally had to deal with? And why are you so passionate about it? I'm a protector of all puzzle pieces. I've seen this stuff firsthand. Um, I've seen the padded meltdown rooms that they lock they lock them in. I've seen how they get looked at when they have a tick or have sent you know something that's too loud. And it's absolutely pathetic of uh, the blindness that there can be. So the voice of the voiceless. That's what my people need, and I got a loud voice, baby, and I'm going to bring awareness, and I'm going to fight for acceptance, and I'm going to do everything in my power that if anyone on the spectrum ever feels unsafe or harmed or bullied or segregated against, I'm going to do whatever I can to grab my people who have my back, and I'm going to raise awareness that that's not right, and this is how you're going to fix it. And it's going to be fixing it by education, by hosting seminars, by going down there and talking to people why this stuff happened and how we can fix it. And we'll document it and we'll learn from it and we'll spread it back to St. Louis or whatever state chapters are out there who wants to learn. And we'll make sure that everybody can try to get on the same page. We're not doing this for the money. You know, we're not all these other people. We're doing this to have, you know, obviously the therapy is the end game. But it's also, as you work together in the state, you come one by whole. we got folks all the way out in England, Australia, uh, Ireland, United Kingdom. I think I said London. you got people watching uh, from Mexico tonight, by the way, so you can, nice. you can rope that in. I've got, uh, I've got a couple of people yeah. that are watching. No, no, no from I'm Mexico saying these are where, I know, these so are where can, I know we have. You can include Mexico are, too, man. Well, no, I'm saying those are where I know we have operations at, is what I'm saying. Oh, we don't have any operations oh, in Mexico. Incredible. So if there's any professional wrestlers out there who are who are about standing up for those on the spectrum, feel free to inbox me. I'd love to get something going. Um, love to connect that bridge. Anybody's listening, I'm sending a world message out there. If you're any promotion and you want to get involved in pro wrestling and fighting for autism, you let me know. Obviously, Dynamo Pro will always be our home. That's where the Spectrum Slam will always be hosted is with Dynamo. But if you're in Georgia or North Carolina and you want to come into the Spectrum Slam 2020, 2021, 2022, you let me know. Because, spoiler alert, we're already planning for 2020 as we speak. Um, signing the paperwork for the venue next week. I'm trying to get it done by Friday so we can announce it at the show. Um, yes. but, Fantastic. But, um, yeah. This, this, I will do this as long as I'm breathing. I'm a huge, huge fan of pro wrestling, and I will always do whatever I can to make to make St. Louis fighting for autism 
means something because Brian Higginbotham has a dream, and I stand 100% behind that vision, and I will fight by his side till the day I die. So as long as there's lungs in my, you know, air in my lungs, whatever, I'm starting to get, you know, whatever. But uh, I will, I will always hope there will always be a Spectrum Slam every year, and it is because people like Car Shield, people like the last 892 people, people like the 400 people in Georgia who showed up. I'm trying to set a record where we get 1,500 to show up. I know we can do it, and it's, it's super doable. Tickets will be available at the door. Go to Cage Ticks, inbox me. Um, it's going to be great, and it's really going to set the bar, and it's going to be when Dynamo Pro hosts a Spectrum Slam that it's going to mean something. So that's that, Mike drop. Oh, mic drop, baby. Well, you know what? Before we close it out completely, I do have to ask, uh, from operating from, from kind of a, an ignorant perspective, because I've not dealt with many people who suffer with autism, can you maybe just give us a, a, just a quick glimpse as to what some of those symptoms might be? Because we may be working with people with autism. We may be raising children that have autism, but we don't know how to recognize it. Uh, shout out to Sean Mullen, who's here. Uh, showing a lot of love on the live feed, uh, talking about uh, Chris uh, Markham and his son and the event, the whole nine. So much love to you, Sean. Uh, I know you, you know I'm a big supporter. Thank you for always showing us love here on the Russell Talk podcast as well. Uh, but Cap, can you give the people just maybe a little bit of an yeah, insight as to what uh, they might be looking at when they're dealing with autism? Yeah, absolutely. And they can check all that stuff out on Facebook, Fighting for Autism, on our webpage. We got some quick links up there. We got some information, um, everything that you can check and to, uh, you know, get some knowledge. Uh, Fighting for Autism on the Facebook page. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Could you maybe, uh, before you go, just give us a brief idea of what we might be seeing if we're dealing with somebody that has autism? Oh, uh, like oversensitive or undersensitive to sound, um, things like that. Uh, inability to relate to others, uh, mirroring, or you know, saying phrases that they don't really know what they're saying, but it, like mirroring, um, strange attachments to objects. You know, has to carry around a ball, has to constantly be wearing uh, a certain, you know article of clothing, uh, inappropriate laughing or crying, poor speech or lack of speech, lack of awareness or danger. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, difficulty, no, no, that, that's great. Difficulty dealing with changing a routine. Yeah. yeah. Like changing, changing a routine. Oh, man. You know, so that's – and, yeah, so – but we're, we have that all on our uh, Facebook page. Man, thank, thank you so much for sharing. And, again, I think that there, the, everyone knows the word autism, but I don't think everybody knows what it looks like. Thank you so much, Cap, uh, for sharing that with us so that we're maybe a little bit more aware than we were. But ultimately, man, uh, if you guys want to make an impact immediately in support of Fighting for Autism, uh, the place to be is at Spectrum Slam. For Dynamo Pro Wrestling this Saturday, that's cagetix.com forward slash Dynamo Pro. They're also on sale at the door if they're not sold out by them. The event is called the Spectrum Slam. That is uh, on Saturday of the 24th. 
at the Madison Square Garden in St. Petersburg, Missouri. Doors at Saint 6, Peter's bell at Missouri. 7 o'clock. What, I'm sorry, what did you say? St. Peter's, Missouri. Not St. Peter's, but I'm sorry. St. Peter's. I'm sorry, yeah. St. Peter's, Missouri. St. <laughs> Peter's, Missouri. Guys, you heard some of the names that we've already named off. Ultimately, um, it doesn't matter who's wrestling, in my opinion. This cause is worthy of your support. So get your asses out there. But if you do care about the wrestling as much as I do, you've got Jimmy LaFleur, Tony Esteem, the Arsenity Missionaries are going to be in the house. Uh, the legend of St. Louis, the Wind of Destruction, Mikazi is going to be there. Uh, Glacier, who we'll be, we'll be talking to here in just a matter of moments, will also be there. He's a 32-year vet. And obviously, you guys know he competed at AEW's Casino Royale Battle Royal. So uh, before we let you go, man, we're going to have just a little bit more fun, uh, Captain uh, Devin James. Will you be willing to join us on tonight's edition of the Shoot Shot segment? A little bit of a therapy session. It's usually all in fun where we get to fuss about anything in the world that could be kicking us off, wrestling-related or not. The question is, sir, are you gay? Am I what? Are you game? Are you ready to go? Oh, is it right now or is it later? Right now. It's shoot and shout. You're going to get the music and then you get the fuss about whatever. It doesn't even matter. Wait, I'm going to what? You get to fuss. You get to complain. You get to shoot. You get to shout about anything that could potentially be bothering you right now. Listen, we'll go ahead and get started. We'll let you go last. You'll understand by the time we get there. It's the Jimmy. Hit the music, baby. I'm rapping. Air conditioning, the restaurant you go to on break, air conditioning, 
Y'all are complaining about some first world problems. If you're that cold, then take your ass to the grocery store and lay in the frozen fruit section, the frozen fruit or frozen food section. Anybody who dies from a heat stroke, okay, either you're working outside and it's a legitimate reason, okay, or you're dumb, okay? All you got to do is go lay down next to the popsicles at your local grocer and you will never die of heat exhaustion. An exception goes for those who work outside, obviously. I am sick and tired of the complaining about the weather, Jonesy. I'm 100% done with it. And watch, in two months, people are going to be fussing and crying about how cold it is. I'm absolutely sick of it. It is a thing that I've been dealing with since I moved to the Midwest over 15 years ago, and I'm sick of it. It's just constant crying and complaining, and I'm just done with it. If you're pissed off about the weather, keep your ass inside. Captain... Please take us home, man. What is pissing you off today? Well, being with the events in my home country of uh, Argentina, I'm going to use my native tongue. Está la costa es mi. Está la costa es mi. Oh, está la muerte. Está la mar Amazon docente. Cada fuego en los dos en la de noche de nada, junte mi paso, junte mi pan, holocoste o puente, anda más agua para rápido. Thank you. Rápido, rápido, the man said, hurry <laughs> I fully understand what he said. If you guys want that transcripted and fully and fully translated, make sure to visit WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Captain, it is so great to have had you on the show. Dude, what an absolute blast. We want to hope and pray that everything works out great for you guys this upcoming Saturday, man. Just one more time before you go, drop the information. And number two, man, welcome as the newest member of the WrestleTalk fam. Thank you, thank you, my pleasure. Uh, Fighting Fraud, or Car Shield presents uh, Dynamo Pro Spectrum Slam, 100% benefit for Fighting for Autism, hosted by Road Warrior Animal. Tickets are available at cagetix.com backslash Dynamo Pro, select the Spectrum Slam, select your boy, Captain Devin James, as I whoop 24 other people's ass, including my cousin Nathan. Uh, over the top rope, and um, it's going to be great. Let's make it happen, Captain. Josie, any final thoughts for the captain before we let him go? Josie, are are you there? There you are. Good luck. Thank you, Sue, for coming on to the show tonight. Uh, Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. You are absolutely amazing. Good luck on your your show. I know it's going to be an amazing, amazing event for a good cause. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, that's at C-A-P-T, Devin James on Twitter. We're going to break. We're coming back with the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. Much love to you and much love to Dynamo Pro Wrestling. We'll catch you guys in just a couple of minutes. Peace.
Y'all, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, Nightmare Jones, and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back, we are back, we are back from break. It is now time for the FWWC session, the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter segment. Uh, for some reason, I don't understand what the heck is going on. Read, this is the FWWC. We do promos, we do matches, we do all kinds of stuff for belts. Uh, if you want any information, check us out. Go to the WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Click on the FWWC tab and get yourself started. Uh, it is now time for the FWWC segment, and I am excited, Nightmare Night I am really excited. Well, why are you so excited, Jonesy? You didn't fare so well at FWWC SummerSlam, so what are you all giddy about? You still don't have a championship. See? See, I'm trying to be a nice guy, and here you come in here trying to put me down. You're always talking about how I'm always in a bad mood. I'm always doing this. I'm always doing that. I come in here in a good mood, and you do nothing but try to tear me down. I think that that we get a new host. For the FWWC segment, I believe that El Macho would be a better host than the Night Owl because all you do is put me down, sir. That's all you do. What are you talking about? Every time we do this segment, you spend 20 minutes talking about La Familia. I swear, it sounds like you're, uh, you know, slobbing on a corn of cob every time you talk about La Familia. It kind of aggravates me, to be honest with you, because it's the only thing you want to talk about. It's not my fault that La Familia is the greatest group in the FWWC today, now, in the past, and forever, sir. But let's not continue talking about La Familia. Let's continue on with the FWWC segment to get some of these callers in here. Yeah, let, let's go ahead, because I'd rather talk to anybody else but you, Jonesy, honestly. I'm tired of it. See? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get the first caller in here. The one and only Tank Westbrook. What is going on, sir? Congratulations on becoming the number one contender for the FHC, and you are the Intercontinental Champion. So if you are able to beat Big T, that would mean that you hold all the cards. You don't have to worry about anybody uh, tuning in, the uh, cashing in the IC title on yourself. That's true. That is, that is correct. Night out. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Tank, I for one absolutely love what you've been doing, but I have to go straight into it because there's been a lot of questions raised. So for a short while there, Nightmare Jones of La Familia lost his memory. And during that time, you seemed 
to draw nearer nearer to him and offered to kind of help him and, and, and you know, be supportive during that difficult time for him. But a lot of people are accusing you of trying to take advantage and manipulate the situation. I know I've heard you address it before, but I don't know if you've addressed it in front of the WrestleTalk family. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what that was all about, how you captured the Intercontinental Championship, and if you think you'll also be able to capture the FWWC Heavyweight Championship on Blue Brand. Well, no doubt you're correct. I did try to help and lend a hand out to Nightmare Jones. Um, you know, nobody from La Familia wanted to show up, so I tried to be that nice person that I am and help him out. Um, La Familia has their own beliefs that they think that I think that I can keep them away from, but I would never do such a thing. La Familia is their own person, their own. They think very differently than any anybody else, and that's nothing I can hold against them. Um, Nightmare Jones, I wish the best for you for anything. Um, the last two nights, you have not done much. In fact, you've lost to me twice, and I do, I do apologize, but I had to do what I had to do. Oh, um, lost twice in a row. Nightmare Jones, you got any defense for that, sir? Not at all. Continue on, sir. So, I did capture the FWC Intercontinental Championship um, from Hardcore Hoss. He really wasn't the Intercontinental Champion at the time. He was the United States Champion. And the Blue Brand General Manager swapped titles to Red Brand for the... So, he took the IC title from Red Brand and gave them the U.S. title since he had gotten screwed out of a match against Elmada. With that being said, I beat La Familia Zone. Hardcore Hoss became the IC champion. Um, on top of that, I was in a match to possibly become a number one contender for the FWC Heavyweight Championship, and that was won by Big T. I beat T. He was a really, really good competitor, um, so my hat off to him, and then also beat Nightmare Jones. Um, I, I can't wait. Big T, he's a good competitor from Columbus Park. I give him respect, but the title has to come off of him, one to me, so I know when the cards are going to be dealt right to always have both titles of the Intercontinental Championship and the FWC Heavyweight Championship over my shoulders. All right. Well, you know what, Tank? I can appreciate that, and I know you absolutely earned everything that you got. I know you went into SummerSlam expecting to compete for the United States Championship, but you ended up with the Intercontinental Championship around your waist. Man, I'm curious. Take us back. Uh, take us back to that moment when you found out that you had an opportunity to capture the IC belt, which wouldn't have happened unless Curtis Black used his mystery box and made it happen. So that was kind of something unexpected, wasn't it? It was definitely unexpected. I was, to my knowledge, going for the United States Championship, a title that I've never held. Um, so I'm a little bummed about that because, you know, I don't get me wrong, I've held the Intercontinental title once, and I and I love everything about holding the title. But I was able to possibly go for a title that I've never been able to hold. And when he changed it out, I was a little bummed. But you know what? You roll with the punches. You roll with everything that you're dealt with, and 
that night I was dealt with uh, a title swap, and I came out victorious no matter what. Okay, Jonesy, any final thoughts for uh, Tate Westbrook, our blue brand FWWC Intercontinental Champion? Um, good luck, sir. Uh, do me a favor and uh, take that title away from uh, a Big T because Big T is the FAC is a terrible thing. Uh, it's a, a travesty. And uh, yeah, just 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 take that title away from uh, Big T and uh, keep it close to you because very very soon I will be coming back for the FHC or maybe even the IC title. Just you never know when like that. You hear that, Tate? You hear that? You never I'm know. I never want to back down from my challenge, so I'm never scared. So bring what, what you have. Okay. All right. All right, Jonesy. Well, we'll go ahead and let Tate go. I'm getting a lot of messages from the FWWC right now. You got a lot of people fired up after FWWC SummerSlam. And let me remind everybody that tomorrow night, the FWWC Tonight podcast hosted by Curtis Black and Marcus Mayhem is going to be live at WrestleTalkPodcast.com, man. I'm super-duper grateful uh, that we have a podcast exclusively dedicated to the FWWC because we got a lot of stuff going on, man. As we go towards Survivor Series, oh, the Survivor okay. Series uh, things are, are going to get real hot, dude, because we already know what happened between Omas and Dewan Mills. So, you know, that's going to have to get resolved. And you got a bunch of new champions, belt-switching sides, people competing in the brand battle, dude. So, again, the FWWC Tonight podcast tomorrow night, uh, uh, 7 to 9 uh, Central Time at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Josie, do we have any other callers available for the FWWC as we wait for our second featured guest of the evening tonight, Glacier? Um, I am uh, looking at Intern Timmy, and Intern Timmy says, that uh, we actually do not have any more callers. So Tank was the only caller tonight. Wow. Boom. Okay, you know what? And that's cool, dude, because I'm anxious, and I know there were a couple of things uh, that kept coming up during the high spot segment that I know we could hit on. So if we do get any more callers uh, over the next couple of minutes, we'll go ahead and try to bring you guys on. Um, but I will say this, we're just a matter of moments away from Glacier joining us. For those who don't know, uh, Glacier is a guy who is still in professional wrestling over, um, or and has been for over 20 years. Um, he started his career in the mixed martial arts world, in the martial arts world. He comes from, from a family of, of civil servants, police officers, I believe his father and his brother, um, were and maybe still are police officers. So it's really great to be able to talk to somebody who kind of knows that civilian life to the fullest extent and then has had uh, an incredible amount of success and a resurgence lately in the pro wrestling world. We're just a couple of minutes from talking to Glacier. But, Josie, man, i got to ask you this question, man. I am fired up and excited for everything that's happening with the Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh, in the near future, I, I didn't, I'm not big on teasers because I don't like the gym thing, but in, in just a matter of a couple of weeks, we could potentially be talking to the Dr. Tom Pritchard here on the show. We all know how highly respected he is in the world of professional wrestling, and those are the kind of guys that we're hoping to talk to. We've had an opportunity to talk to some pretty, really, really big names, 
Um, but it's not about that for us. It's guys who have this incredible passion for pro wrestling, and it's nothing new when people get emotional when we talk because of how fired up people are about what they do, whether it be independent wrestling, uh, one of the wrestling shows that, that is on network like MLW or AEW or WWE, or it's even the fantasy wrestling folks that come on the show. Speaking of which, I do believe we have one fantasy wrestler and Big Daddy P ready to come on the show. So first, let's go ahead and check in with the former FWWC Women's Champion, the one, the only, Hardcore Sis. Hardcore Sis, how you doing, darling? It's good to have you back. Uh, Yeah, sure there, uh, Mr. Mr. Nightmare. How are you this evening? Oh, you know, I, I'm trying to be in a good mood. I'm trying to uh, 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 do what I'm supposed to do on the podcast, not be biased. So it is wonderful to have you on tonight. It's always a pleasure. You're always, you know, you leave me kind of speechless sometimes, and that's kind of hard because there ain't a whole lot leaves hard, hardcore sis speechless. And, and Night Owl, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing – actually, you know what? I'm lying, of course. I'm a little upset. There are a group of individuals who chose to conduct a fantasy football draft tonight instead of tuning into the FWWC segment. And, you know, that really, really aggravates me. I wish I would have known that during my shooting shot because that's probably where I came from it. But I'm feeling a little disrespected right now because that wouldn't be happening unless this was happening – and you know what? We opened up this platform for you guys. And the fact that those goons over there decided to go play fantasy football instead of being here to support the FWC makes me upset. And you know what? I'm not going to lie to you, Susie. One of the people that I had no question was going to be here tonight was you, and I want to thank you for that. You know, you're always welcomed. And, and I'm, I'm always looking forward to this show. And I love the Wrestle Talk podcast, as you know. And as for those fantasy football guys, you know, come on now, fellas. You could have chosen another night. I mean, that, you know, do it on Friday night. What else y'all got to do? And I'm sure whoever they are, they probably ain't got nothing better to do anyway. You know, probably don't have much of a life outside of the FWWC anyway. But anyway. Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm sure those guys will have to answer for the trouble that they've stirred up. I guess the only question I have for you is I've heard – uh, that you've got some big plans coming up. I know you've got some people that are that are kind of uh, striking your ire. So why don't you go ahead and tell us, our course, that's what this segment is all about. Well, you know, there there's a few people who are, um, you know, trying my patience. But at this point in time, you know, I, I do, I, I got to tell you, there's there's people out there who just don't like to show up for matches and, and don't like to do what they're supposed to do here in the in the FWWC. You know, it's it's kind of insulting when you're out there waiting for your opponents to come to the ring and they just don't. You know, really get with it. If you if you don't have time to come to the ring, then don't accept the darn match. And if you're not going to accept matches and you're not going to do what you're supposed to do, then why are you here? You know what I mean? I just Absolutely, 100% agree. I just don't understand some of these people. I really don't, you know. They don't want to role play. They don't want to do, but then they want to win a match. It's it's just aggravating. 
And, you know, I've seen, you know, I kind of feel bad for, like, my my brother. You know, how many times have we seen him have to go to the back and drag his opponent to the ring? You know, it's it's insulting. And, you know, if people don't have pride in the FWWC, why are you a member? Why are you here? Well, I couldn't agree more. I know that last night, uh, was it Tuesday night, we had a, a trios match on the card where basically just one team showed up. And then one of the other six people showed up. So it was a little frustrating, and I totally understand that. Well, Hardcore says, we appreciate your time. We're going to go ahead and let you go because we want to move on to Big Daddy P. And then Glacier will be on the show in just a matter of minutes. So let's go ahead and kick over. Um, uh, let's go ahead and kick over to Snippets of Truth tonight. Enter Timmy Q with the music so we can bring on our amigo, our big brother here in the FW, I mean, in the Wrestle Talk podcast, Big Daddy P. I got to do what I got to do. So who the hell is you? You tell me how my song is wrong. You don't know. Lay out and let Big Daddy go. You think my rap's about stealing, but it's about feeling. Sometimes truth revealing. But you know how my flow don't get the proper review. I gotta do what I gotta do. Big Daddy P, what's going on? What is going on, my brothers? How y'all doing tonight? Good. Good to see you, Big Daddy P. What's on your mind tonight, man? We missed you. Oh, my goodness. Do I have an announcement for you, and I need you all to repeat after me. Are you ready? Yes. 127-ProWrestling.com. Repeat that. 127-ProWrestling.com. Okay, 127-ProWrestling.com. Okay, Renee? what's that all about, Big Daddy P? This is a brand-new promotion starting in Grimsley, Tennessee. God has opened up an amazing door, provided a gentleman who contacted me, saw what I was doing with Woodbury Slam with Blue Sky Wrestling, and said, I've got a building that I've invested a lot of money in, and I want to uh, not only have wrestling, but I want to run it every Thursday, and I want you to run it for me. Nice. Okay. So right, the door opens, right? dropping a lot of news here on us, man. Rapid well, listen, fire, check, listen. <laughs> I, you know, I, I had to find a ring, right? Are you familiar with the name Terry Lindell? Uh, if I'm being honest, no. Educator. Well, you go ahead and, and do your research, and you will find out that uh, he was around the time with Jim Cornette. And our ring is NWA's, Jim Cornette's, NWA's ring. Talk ah. about a historical ring, brother. Flair, Steamboat, they've all wrestled in it. It's NWA's old, uh, for when Jim Crockett took over his promotions there, uh, and he was doing NWA, this is their ring. So, very excited about that. It's in Grimsley, Tennessee, which is Middle Tennessee. It's a brand-new promotion that's going to be running every Thursday night. Uh, the cards are pretty much the first two shows are set up. Everything is good to go. We are preparing for Sunday. 
which of course is uh, Woodbury Slam 2, uh, which is uh, we had our first show last or this June, if you remember. We now have another one Sunday. We've got a very special mystery guest. We've got an awesome card. And uh, also with Blue Sky with Woodbury Slam 3, we've got that coming up October 24th and uh, December 14th with a secret Santa that you will never forget. So God is faithful. As you can see, he is moving in the pro wrestling industry. And uh, that is the uh, – and, and so I guess really the only, the only snippet of truth I can give you tonight is if he's in it, he'll provide for it. Amen and amen, Big Daddy P. Well, you know what, dude? I'm, I'm so excited that you continue to promote uh, a pro wrestling in uh, Tennessee and beyond that, Big Daddy P. And I know you make a lot of things possible for us here on the Wrestle Talk podcast as well. Uh, just real quick, man, talk about the website. Um, I know we've had a lot of faith lists to the WrestleTalkPodcast.com, man. What is it that you're doing behind the scenes to make it all possible, bro? Because I'm very, very happy with what you've done for us. Well, first of all, it, it, it really comes down to, to not providing what I want you to have, but providing what you want for your listeners, because, you know, they're the ones who dictate what information can be on there. And so as we were, as I remember us putting it together, we, we were going to provide all the information necessary uh, for, the, for your visitors. And I know, too, you and I talked about adding a Twitter feed and a Facebook feed. We still need to do that. We absolutely do. We need to get on Skype and get it done, Big Daddy P. And if you email me your YouTube live code, I can embed it into the website right on the homepage. Dude, we need to get Woo. that done, man. That would be absolutely Woo. fantastic. I knew that would get you your that, attention. Exactly. That, that's, well, Big Daddy P, I hate to cut you short, but we do have Glacier on no worries. on in the bullpen ready to throw some strikes, man. Any thoughts or, or well wishes to Glacier as he's out there on the road? Uh, well, you know, again, uh, if you don't know Glacier, you're in for a supply, a very, a surprise. Uh, one of the things that, that I think that makes Glacier who Glacier is, is, and, and, and he'll, I'm sure he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, he had the freedom to run his gimmick, which, uh, is very hard to find today. Today, uh, many of the big promotions tell you what you need to do and who you need to be. I think it's a huge mistake. I think they just need to let who uh, let people uh, be who they want to be because they're passionate about it. Well, I'd love to hear that. Jonesy, any thoughts for Big Daddy P before we let him go? Oh, just uh, thanks for coming in. Once again, thank you for all of your time, sir. Uh, you are amazing, and uh, until next time. And last night, by the way, I was on the Everyday Joe show, and it was a three-hour interview, bro. We broke loose on wrestling, management, everything about promotions. It's an awesome interview. If you get a chance, go on Facebook, search for the Everyday Show, Everyday Joe show, and it was uh, it was on last night. It was uh we had such a good time, and uh, y'all get to meet uh, uh, Miss Jamie, uh, who's also known as the Claw, who's also known as the Sword Swallower, and uh, you'll get to know her as well. So it's, uh, it, it was an awesome interview last night. Sounds like it. Well, Big Daddy Pete, thank you for sharing that so much. We'll go ahead and let you go, man, and we'll transition to our final interview of the evening, man, but we'll go ahead and catch you next week for another edition of Snippets of Truth. That's it. Love you guys. See you.
Love you, Big Daddy B. Peace. Peace. Ah, woo. Jonesy, 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 the time has arrived, man. I am so excited. I get a feeling we're going to go slightly over on time. Um, Why don't you go ahead and cue up the music and do tonight's introduction, man, because I know you're elated about our guest, as am I. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our next uh, guest caller of the night. This gentleman was most famously known in WCW. Uh, He was an amazing, amazing wrestler. He's been in multiple, multiple matches. Uh, You know, there's not too many things that I can't say about this gentleman. He is just such an awesome, awesome person. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor and duty to welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast the one and only Galatia. I don't know if that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. You know we had to throw it back. Keep that playing. Yeah, I, was like, I, didn't, I didn't realize I was going to have interest music, so <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on, Glacier? Welcome to the show, sir. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm good, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, it is a honor to, to have you. Uh, you know, you, you, you're going to be on this Fighting for Autism show, uh, what does the Fighting for Autism show mean to you, sir? Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm tag-teaming with uh, Generation Iron, and, uh, and and actually we've tag-teamed together in the past in, in, in Georgia. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's a big thing for me. A lot of people don't know that uh, uh, that I actually uh, got a master's degree in education. I actually was a public school teacher for a long time. And, uh, and during a good bit of my teaching career, I actually did a lot to – work with uh with uh, special education uh groups and and you know children with challenges uh, obviously some of those dealing with autism uh, I, I actually suffer from a severe learning disability uh, growing up as a kid myself so um so yeah it's something that's very near and dear to my heart um it's something that you know there's a with, with autism it's something that there's such a broad spectrum from very obvious signs of someone who's dealing with autism to some signs that are very very subtle uh, so it's it's something that still, as much as the research uh, it has been done on, there's still so much more to do. So what this show is doing, and why I'm so proud to be a part of it, is it's bringing awareness to uh, to, to to people about autism, and then obviously, um, you know, the, the, a lot of the money that'll be raised for this show is is going towards you know autism research and funding. So so yeah, it's a great thing. It's very uh, something very special to me. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, you know, to rolling into Missouri and, and having a great time this weekend. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I remember watching you in uh, WCW. Uh, like, some somebody had had um, had referred to you as you were like a, a mixture of Sub-Zero and Lance Storm. Can you tell us about your time in WCW? <laughs> I was actually in WCW with Lance Storm. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? It was it was a great ride. It still is a great ride. I mean, I, I've been – I broke into the wrestling business in April of 87. Um, 
And so I've been in 32 years. I've never taken a year off. It's been 32 very active years. Uh, 23 of those 32 years, I've been Glacier, which I'm very, very proud of. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's been some ups and downs, just like pretty much any wrestler has in their career. But uh, but you know, I was I'm so fortunate to have been. Uh, uh, you know, I, I signed in January of '96. I was there pretty much until the bitter end. Uh, you know, which was April of 2001. And um, so I got to see the whole rise. Not only see, I was a part of the whole rise and fall of WCW during the Monday Night Ratings War. I was there for all 83 weeks of that. So uh, you know, it was it was great. I mean, uh, it's still great. I mean, I, what I've found is is that the last you know several years uh glacier uh has had this incredible resurgence and uh you know mortal Kombat is still as popular as it's ever been it has kind of lasted and so has glacier so yeah i'm excited i mean i have no plans to slow down <laughs> oh absolutely so and uh you were even even featured in one of my favorite video games wcw uh revenge uh you were my favorite yeah. character in that game. I used to, to use you all of the, the uh, time in that game. Uh, how does it feel to be, you know, involved in, in such an iconic video game? You know what? I was actually in three video games during uh, WCW, and uh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's it's absolutely huge, and, and I am amazed at how many people uh, bring that up the, even today. You know, when when uh, when I'm talking to to wrestling fans, and what I realize is that a lot of the fans back. When um, when I debuted and, and had my run, were were younger fans. You know, they were eight, nine, ten years old, and now, of course, they're in their mid thirties. And and um, and and yeah, so it's it's been really really cool. And uh, you know, you think about it. I mean, to be a part of any one video game is amazing. But uh, I got a chance to be a part of three, uh, and so yeah, it's it was uh, it still is it still is a, a huge thrill and a huge honor to to have been a part of that. And it means a lot to me that fans still bring that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I could not not talk to Glacier and bring that up. But I don't want to take up all of, of the uh, time because if if I wanted to, I could ask you all of, of the questions. But I do have a co-host, so I want to respect him. So, Nida, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have for Glacier? Well, man, absolutely. And, again, uh, super, super grateful uh, that you decided to give us a little bit of time tonight, man. I know you're probably in high demand, especially coming off your recent appearance at the AEW show, man. I'm going to go ahead and start there just because I'm geeky about stuff like this. Um, everyone's <laughs> wondering what they're putting in the water over at AEW. You were there. You got to share a locker room with some of these young superstars. Do you believe yeah. that the hype is real, man? You got to be a part of one of the shows. I'm sure it was probably kind of cool even from you deep inside kind of as a pro wrestling fan, because we all, I think, are always wrestling fans, no matter how high up in the business we get, man. Was it special, and do you believe these guys have what it takes to compete with the big dog on a high level? You know what? Uh, I mean, the short answer is absolutely yes, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it was, uh, you know, being in uh, at MGM Grand uh, sold-out arena, you know, for, for their first show ever, I mean, there's only going to be one first AEW show ever and so you know for me to be able to remember for the rest of my life that I was a part of that is incredibly special but uh, you know I wrestled several times in the MGM Grand with WCW I had not been back to the MGM Grand since Monday Nitro and, and our, our Halloween um, Havoc days and uh, so at this point at 55 years old I never thought I'd maybe even set foot back in the MGM Grand much less wrestle there again so uh, in front of a sold out audience uh, on a pay-per-view so it was uh 
it was it was very surreal for me, uh, and 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 obviously um, anybody that that's followed any of this since uh, since the inception knows that uh, you know that uh, yeah I, Cody and I have known each other for a long time. I mean, his dad was my mentor, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, um, and uh, I was Dusty's right hand guy when he had his the company uh, um, you know uh, Turbicle Championship Wrestling during the right after my WCW years. And uh, I've known Cody since he was, uh, you know, was a young man, and uh, I watched him grow and become a great uh, person and a great professional. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you what, it's um, it was very real uh, that night. That energy is something that I have not experienced in an awful long time. So when you, I mean, you can go in front of a live crowd, and a live crowd is going to be a certain amount of energy just because it's a live crowd. But there was a different kind of energy there that night, and um, I believe the big one of the big reasons is because. Uh, the, the Bucks, Cody, uh, Jericho, uh, you know, uh, everybody else that's a part of that, 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 you know, that group is, you know, they really are making the fans a part of the whole process. They're bringing them in and saying, we're all in this together. And, and in the past, uh, the history of, of professional wrestling, WWE, WCW, whatever, there was always kind of that invisible wall between the wrestlers and the fans. You know, unless you you know had a chance to have a up close and personal meeting somewhere, maybe even at a convention, it's still not the same as what they have right now. Which is this is a movement. I mean, these fans are feel like they are part of AEW. They're invested in this in this whole brand, and um, that's why you know when when uh, you know talking to Cody very regularly and 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 my business partner with our wrestling school in Atlanta. Um, uh, Mike Cullari, uh with our, our school One Fall Power Factory in Atlanta. Mike is a producer now and, and uh, works very closely with Cody. Uh, you know, this it, it is a movement. I mean, it really is. I mean, these fans are they're all in. I mean, pardon the you know the pun there, but uh, they really are. They're fully invested. Hey, it works. In I think it's and, Yeah, it really is, and they're fully impressed, invested in the brand. Uh, and and they're, they're very almost like maniacal right now. And uh, I, I, I did a podcast interview earlier. And and the thing that that you know, of course, everybody that uh, listens follows wrestling knows that now NXT is going to be on USA on Wednesday night, the same night as AEW um, on TNT. And people and, and and I was asked like, well, what do you think about that? It would be like the Monday Night Ratings War. Here's my prediction. I don't think it'll be so much like the Monday Night Ratings War as it will be. Now I'm going to use this analogy because I'm, I grew up in Georgia and I was a Georgia Bulldog fan. It's like the Georgia Florida game. You're going to have it's like a, like a rivalry, you know, it's like you're going to have your fans who stand firm with, with one or the other. I think that will be the difference now than what it was, uh, you know, 20 years ago when I was right there in the thick of the Monday Night Wars where they were almost making, you know, saying the fans almost have to choose. But I think the fans have pretty, the majority of them have already chosen. I mean, AEW fans seem to be, and I, I may be wrong here, but it, it appears to be that they are already, they've already chosen their side. And let's face it, NXT fans are very much the same way. So to me, it's coming. It has the building of a big rivalry, not necessarily a competition for for the fans' attention. So, uh, and I'm very excited. Listen, you know who wins in this whole thing is the pro wrestling fans, and because Agreed. they get more programming, and they get now you're going to have wrestlers. I, I got to think that, in my opinion, I, I, and I can include myself in this, I'd like to think any wrestler that's at that level works hard simply because that's who they are as a person. They want to be the best, most memorable match when they go out there. But this does up the game. When there's competition, everybody's game gets upped. If you care about this at all, your game's going to be upped even more. So now you're going to get – you're going to see the very best of, of these 
these wrestlers, the, the, the guys, the gals, everybody's going to be doing their best because there's competition now. It's, there's a reason why Home Depot opens up across the street from Lowe's because competition makes everybody better. No, absolutely. And you know what? When I sit there and think about competition, and you alluded to it, you were right there, dead center in the middle of the, uh, of, of, you know, the, the war between WCW and WWE. And I'm sure you get this question all the time. But what was that locker room like, uh, Glacier, when you think about some of the guys you got an opportunity to work with? And, and I know, uh, in my opinion, and this is just, you know, the night owl's opinion, I think you got a raw deal. Uh, they put a, a lot behind you, and it didn't necessarily work. But I don't think that took away from the amount of respect that you had from your fellow uh, um, workers in the locker room. What was that environment like, man? When you look back now, 20, 25 years, do you still kind of get that nostalgic feeling um, thinking about some of the people you had the opportunity to work with back in the day? And maybe could you name some of them? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I always say um, that, you know, no matter whether people are fans of the Glacier gimmick or not, which let's face it, in wrestling you're going to have fans, you're going to have critics, no matter what you do. Dude, I have uh, awesome. Think, My favorite game yeah. ever is Mortal Kombat 2, so I loved it personally. Yeah. Especially yeah. when I was a lot younger, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, and you know the thing is, is like I said, as, as I'm as I'm discovering now that a lot of the 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 fans of the of the gimmick, which is exactly what Bischoff wanted, was were eight, nine, ten year old kids at the time. That's what that was our target audience then, you know. And 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 Bishop always said, you know, it was, you know, he wanted to give more of a buffet style presentation, something for everybody. And um, and now, but nobody listened to the, you know, those guys, you know, eight, nine, ten year olds couldn't write articles back then. The only people that were writing articles were the ones who were the critics of it, who were adults. And I and like I said, and I get it, I totally get it, because listen, you're not going to make everybody happy. I always I tell our trainees all the time. Listen, you know this business. If you don't have a thick skin, don't go any further because there will be people that will will boo whatever you do. And I use John Cena as a great example. Now I'm a fan of John Cena. I think he's done some great stuff for pro wrestling. <clears throat> but the last couple years of his run, he came out and it was pretty obvious. There was half the crowd that loved him, half the crowd that didn't like him. And this guy's 50, the most 50. you know most popular, highest paid superstar in the business. So that I always go back to that is like. Everybody's going to get it. I don't care, especially now when we live in a world of social media that just seems to naturally want to be more negative than positive. So, uh, but yeah, but the thing is, is that, um, it, you know, it was breaking new ground back then. Uh, you know, it was really, and when I look back on it now, and, and like I said, Bischoff and I have had conversations, Diamond Dallas Page, who's still one of my, my great friends. We've had conversations, me and Ernest Miller, the cat, cat is still one of my best friends. I just talked to him today. Um, you know, we, we talk about it all the time is that, you know, they didn't really, no, it was almost like it was like I always say it was like you know you always hear the term you know ready aim fire. I think you know the whole blood run cold blood runs cold thing was more like ready fire aim. <laughs> it was, uh, you know they got ready they kind of got everything going they shot it out there not really knowing exactly where they want to go with it yet you know and so um, so you know but 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 here's what I always look at too because I'm 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 more of an eternal optimist. Uh, and that is the fact that yeah, I always believe, you know, no matter what life throws at you, you know, there's a lesson there and you can always make it a positive. And that's one of the main things I learned from, from Dallas, Dallas Page is, you know, it is life. It, you can't always control what, what, what comes at you, but you can, you can always, always, always control how you react to it. So my goal was, was to deflect that and keep moving forward and, and, and keep entertaining the fans who, who really seemed to love what, what, what we were doing. And, um, and through that, 
uh, and you have to be resilient. You have to go through the hard times. Uh, that's how I got to where I am now, which is the fact that this incredible resurgence of the gimmick, which is very humbling and a huge honor for me, um, it's been a heck, of a heck of a fun ride. And that's, you know, you know, Cody, you know, I, I think, you know, saw that. And um, like, for example, you know, um, I've gotten to know Kenny Omega, you know, and Kenny apparently was a pretty darn big fan of the Glacier gimmick when he was coming up, you know? <laughs> so, which is a huge thrill for me to know that, you know, someone of his caliber, I mean, he's one of the greatest in the world right now. Um, you know, yeah, I can absolutely. have that conversation with him because, because I remember, you know, when, when I was younger and, and I got to beat the, the wrestlers who I really looked up to and, and, um, and, and kind of like, you know, thought, wow, I'd like to be like that, you know, uh, as I get, as I go through my career. And, and, and I'm not saying any of that, that, that was Kenny, what Kenny would think, but I'm just saying, uh, but, you know, when you meet the wrestlers who, who, who have kind of walked the walk and you say, Hey, I, you know, I, I like what this guy's doing or this woman's doing, and I want to pursue that the way they have. That's what I'm most proud of is that, you know, I think I did, blaze uh new trails um you know there's an old saying that you can have a lot of number ones but there can only be one first and i was the first for the company to ever really you know decide okay let's go let's let's create this gimmick from drawing board to finished product well that's pretty much standard now in nxt and wwe they pick the athlete and then they build the gimmick around them so what we did back then we didn't realize that we were starting almost what wrestling is today is you know as far as that standard also i mean you know, i was the first person to ever get that mega entrance which um you know now is almost standard for wrestlers to have an entrance like that you know so but there can only be one first and i was the first one to have it, and i'm very very proud of that dude abs- absolutely and i remember um just in doing my research uh i got a chance to see you in a match I believe it was your debut match, and it was against the Gambler. I'm curious, man. <laughs> there was a lot of people in that building that night. I know this isn't something that people ask you about all the time. Tell us about that experience, man. How fired up were you that the company was 100% behind you at that point? And really, so were the fans, Glacier. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is, is that here, here's what this is what we learned. You know, this is like you know some of the miscues that I, that I feel with WCW, which is probably a big reason why they're not in business anymore, is that, um, you know, that match with, with Gambler, and Gambler is someone I knew from the independent circuit. We'd wrestled each other several times. That match we shot, it was the last TV taping we ever did at uh, MGM Studios or what's called Hollywood Studios now at Disney. And before we jumped over to Universal Studios to film uh, WCW Pro, which is a Sunday show over there, and we ended up filming for several years. But, um, uh, that, as far as I understand, that match was never supposed to actually even air. <laughs> it was just, it was what, you know, it was more of a match for me to go in and kind of work some kinks out with the gimmick and, and everything. And it was in front of an audience, you know, a studio audience, um, which is, you know, compared to Nitro audiences was, was rather small and still a great audience. But, uh, um, but somehow, some way, who knows how, you know, it kind of seeped through and, uh, and, and it aired actually before I debuted on Nitro. And so uh, they had to do a little bit of damage control. Uh, thank God that, you know, uh, Eric uh, matched me up with Big Boss Man, Ray Trailer, to do my w- my Nitro um, debut, which came not long right after that. And, and, and you know, I-, I was such a huge fan of Ray Trailer that, um, you know, I was in awe working with him. And we went out there, and, and he was incredibly gracious and generous, and we ended up having a, a hell of a match largely because he was such a great pro that, you know, and, and in wrestling – you know, um, you know, you 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 have to you have to give so much to to your partner, and and if you have that chemistry, great. If you don't, the, everybody's gonna know it. 
And so, uh, so yeah, it was um, those were those are those those miscues that no one ever seemed to be able to know how or why it happened. But <laughs> it was one of those things that we just roll with it. You go, okay, well, didn't see that coming, but let's just roll with it and keep going. <laughs> Dude, and you know what? I thought that was a great match. I think like what what we ended up seeing from Steve Blackman and Rob Van Dam was all kind of inspired by Glacier. Maybe none of those guys will admit it. But some of the stuff that I saw you do, I can look a few years later and go, oh, man, you know what? That kind of looks like some of the stuff that Glacier was doing back in the day. But who knows? Maybe it's just me being the nerdy fan that I no, am. Oh, yeah. Uh, Josie, I want yeah, to jump and... back in here, too. Go, uh, go, go, go ahead, brother. No, I was just going to say, you know, Rob and I have been friends for a long time. We, Rob and I actually wrestled each other a good bit on the indie scene before either one of us took off. When he took off with his ECW career and I took off with Glacier. So, uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, that's the funny thing is, you know, a lot of people don't know that, uh, you know, I broke in in April of 87. And like I said, I wrestled almost 10 years before I became Glacier. And that was something even Dusty didn't know. And Dusty, of course, became my, my mentor. And, and, and he was just like, oh, man, I thought Eric just found you. You were a karate guy. And he just, you know, taught you how to wrestle. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's not how it was. You know? But uh, but either way, like I said, it's been a great, great ride for me. And uh, it's still not over yet. I think I got to, you know, maybe, you know, a few more years in me. But, uh, but I'm also realistic enough to, enough to know that, you know, I turned 55 in May. I turned 55 about two weeks before um, Double or Nothing. And, uh, you know, you got to you gotta start realizing when you, you know, you've wrestled enough. So uh, I'm coming to the end of my road, but uh, but I'm going to do it for a little bit longer and then, uh, you know, um, quietly right off into the sunset eventually. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, That's so awesome. Go ahead, Josie. Yeah, so uh, you were actually trained by uh, – Bob Armstrong, Fred Avery, and Mr. Wrestling, too. What was it like being trained by by those gentlemen? Well, you know, I mean, let me let me just correct that. And, uh, it's, it's all, that's kind of true, but not completely true. Um, uh, Fred Avery, who was a great friend of mine, um, is uh, he, he, rest, he was a, a journeyman wrestler, a very good independent wrestler back in the day. And uh, he was a big guy, like, you know, 330 pounds, big, like 6'4", big guy. Um, he was a guy who had, he had a ring, and he uh, invited to train, invited me and one of my former college teammates to train in his ring in his backyard in Valdosta, Georgia. And trust me, it was still one of the hardest rings I ever trained in. Uh, but you know, it was it was it was our ring, and you know, and I, back then I didn't know. I thought all rings were that hard, you know. But um, but Fred believed in us. He believed in me. And uh, and Fred is now he was a journeyman wrestler for a long time. Went back to college, got his degree. He's head head wrestling coach at. Uh, I believe it's Fernandina High School in North Florida now, and he and I still correspond pretty regularly. But um, he was the one that did all our initial training. He did every bit of it. Um, where uh, wrestling number two and Bob Armstrong came into play, and I have to always and I and I proudly thank um, gentleman named Ben Masters, who was a local promoter, owned a, a um, promotion in South ran through South and Middle Georgia called Peach State Wrestling, and we were able through Fred because he was already working with him, we got connected to that. And, and actually, I met Tommy Rich there, and Tommy went to bat for me a lot. But through that, that in that locker room is where we got to meet, you know, get to know Tommy Rich, uh, Bullet Bob, Mr. Wrestling Number 2, Ted Oates. I mean, just these legendary Georgia wrestlers, Mass Nightmare, Ted Allen, who who trained uh, Arn, Arn Anderson. These guys that were, you know, were these journeyman wrestlers who, um, uh, and some of them obviously superstars, but they were uh, at a, you know, still doing some of the, and, and we were lucky enough to come into the end of the territory system where even though I was teaching school after I graduated college, I could still wrestle 
you know, three, four, five nights a week because um, I could go within an hour any direction. We were, we were 12 miles from the Florida line. We could go into North Florida. We could go – we were 30, 40 miles from Alabama. We could go into – and Georgia was a hotbed. So we could wrestle as much as we possibly could into that territory-type system, which doesn't exist anymore. So that's where we got to meet all those guys. I'm still great friends with, with uh, Mr. Wrestling Number 2. I'm still great friends with Bullet Bob. Uh, so, yeah, it was – but that's uh, what I'm sad to say is what I hate for younger wrestlers now is that they don't have that opportunity. You know, like, like I always say, I just said this to somebody the other night is that, you know, the moves are the moves you learn the moves, but where you learn to be a, where you learn to really be a pro in pro wrestling is sitting in a seat of a car riding with a bunch of veterans and listening to the stories and listening to them, give you the advice. That's where you learn to be a pro. And, and that just hardly doesn't exist anymore. And it's a shame because I wish it did. Cause that's where, my, my tag team partner, RD, his name was R.D. Swain, he and I played side-by-side in college ball for four years together. Uh, that's where we learned a lot of it. And we just travel those roads and, and, and listen to the veterans. And, and, and they gave so freely of that advice. And that, that's how it was. It was passed down to you. And, um, and it was so awesome. And, and as much as I appreciated it back then, the older I get, the more I appreciate it. Uh, Bobby Fulton, one half of the Fantastics, was a great inspiration for us earlier in our career to really help us. Um, you know, people like that. I mean, you know, the, the, that, that Ben would bring in to, to help the young wrestlers it was just it was it was all the greatest on the job training in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I I, I gotta ask you, um, you are getting ready to to be in a six man tag uh, with the uh, uh, Generation Iron. You're, you're gonna be going up against the Old City Mercenaries and the Winded Destruction Mackenzie. How are you preparing for this match? Well, you know what? I'm glad you asked because you know Generation Iron. We go uh, way back. We uh, we've been good friends. We've uh, we've brought, we tag team together before. Uh, and it's you know I did a I did a, a show or interview earlier tonight. I, I'll say the same thing I said then is that you know when you're going up against guys by the names of Mikazi and Mercenaries, you know it, it tells me I need to lace my boots up a little bit tighter because I'm in for it's going to be a tough night. But just what I'll also say is, uh, boys, you better lace your boots up a little bit tighter too because uh, I'm not coming there to lose. And uh, you know, I am not planning on walking out of there, you know, with uh, with 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 a loss. So um, you know, I'd say there's an old saying, you know, the bigger they are, better lace your boots up a little tighter because you still got to wrestle them. <laughs> so I'm ready for a great match for a great cause. I know Road Warrior Animal is going to be there, kind of uh, as a general manager for the evening. Um, I know my buddy Buff Bagwell is going to be there. I'm looking really looking forward to seeing him. This is going to be a great show. It really is. And uh, it's, it's Spectrum Slam. It's going to be in Madison Square Garden. You know, not the one in New York, but the one in Missouri. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm doing a seminar for aspiring wrestlers. I'm going to do that during the day. Uh, so I'm flying it early that morning. I'll be there all day. I'm really, really looking forward to being a part of this event. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, because it's uh, bringing attention to autism, which is something that uh, that you hear a lot about, but not a lot of people really, know, you know, know a lot about it that they that we probably like for them to know. So this is a good chance to for to, to bring some more awareness to that. Absolutely, I could not have said it better myself. Uh, Renee, do you have any more questions for Glacier before we get into the? Uh, uh, versus Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. I, I do, and, and this is a question that I like to ask guys that have uh, been to the highest level or close to the highest level in professional wrestling. Glacier, after all the years you've been in professional wrestling, 
it's just kind of a two-parter. Number one, what have you enjoyed the most of all about being a pro wrestler? There's obviously something that fires you up about it because you continue to do it to this day. And number two, who do you think is the greatest wrestler of all time? Oh, wow, those are two great questions. Um, you know, I, I can tell you exactly what, uh, what fires me up the most is the fact that and I found I learned this, and, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, guys, honest truth. I remember the first time that, that Fred ever trained me and RD, my, my my tag team partner, when we first broke in. He trained us for for a few hours in the ring, uh, and like I said again, this is an outside. You know, it was a very hard ring, and he put us through the ringer the first day we ever trained. And I remember rolling out eventually, sitting on the edge of that ring, and I remember saying to myself that. I don't know if I'm going to be any good at this, but I've definitely found what makes me come alive. And, uh, and my life had been martial arts and football up to that point. And, uh, and I was finishing up my football, college football career. Um, and I, I'd found what I knew really just, just, you know, made me just light up, you know, and, and for 32 years, it, it's done that for me. So I can tell you, like I have a ritual when I go to any arena, I put my bags down, I immediately walk to the ring, I get in the ring, and I, and I did this through WCW and everything else. And I, 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 there's not anything on this earth or any place on this earth where I feel more alive than I do in a wrestling ring. And I don't know why. It's just something about being inside those ropes and then knowing that, like, you know, later that night, you know, I'm going to have the ability, I'm going to have the opportunity to grab all these people's attention. And if I do what I do right and I do it good, then those people are going to, when they walk, when they drive home, they're going to be, be talking about me on the ride home. Hopefully that's my goal. And, you know, my, one of my other mentors who was, you know, uh, you know, arguably one of the best ever is Luthez, you know, six time NWA world champion. I met him early in my career in, in Japan when I was wrestling. And Lou always used to say, the real champion is not necessarily the person wearing the title. It may be, maybe the person wearing the title, but it may not necessarily. The real champion is the one that the people are talking about on the ride home because that's the person that they will pay to come see again. And I've always made my goal to be that person as best as I can, to be that person for as many of those car rides home they are talking about me instead of whoever else. Then that way I know I'm doing my job really well. That being said, I, gosh, I, it's so hard to say who I think is the greatest wrestler of all time. I think, let, you know, really my two of my mentors, are, I, I put them right up there with everybody, um, I have pretty much three, I would say three choices. Luthez, because Luthez was, the, I think, the purest wrestler ever. I mean, he, he always used to say wrestling was his gimmick. He wore black trunks and black boots, you know, no knee pads. Um, and when I met him, he was 76 years old, uh, and I met him in the, in, in the ring, got in the ring in Japan when I went for my first tour in Japan. And, you know, let's just say, and I'll say it proudly that, you know, I got, you know, I, uh, Luthez wiped the ring with me <laughs> when I was in my late twenties, and he was uh, he was seventy six years old. But uh, but a, but a, a relationship was forged there, and, and I was proud to have known him and learned from him the last ten years of his life. And uh, uh, but as far as a true wrestler and someone who was when I met him, he was just like he was he was just such a a a, a, a gentleman and a, and a and a classy guy. He was such a great representative of pro wrestling that I always thought, like, that's who I want to be like. I want to be like that. I want to be a pro like him. I want to represent this business well. I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, bring, you know, class and honor to the wrestling business. You know, that's what I want to bring to it. I don't ever want to be a bitter old wrestler. So there was, there was him. And obviously my, my, my other mentor, uh, and I've had several, but these were two of my main, were, was the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty was my childhood hero. Growing up, he was the first wrestler that I really saw that I connected with, just like so many kids of the 70s. I grew up in 
South Georgia. So we got to watch Georgia and Florida wrestling, and he was, you know, bouncing back and forth to those at that time. So, you know, I mean, he was he was just amazing. He was like a superhero, like Batman. Didn't necessarily have superpowers, but he was just a superhero to me. So, and then, you know, and anybody, you know, you can say what you want to say about Dusty, whether you are a fan of his or not, but you, it's hard to argue the fact that he was one of the greatest performers of all time. He had that X factor, that, that charisma, that, man, you just can't teach it. Either you have it or you don't, and very, very few have it. Very few, and he had it, it you know, in spades, you know. <laughs> and so, those were those the two that um, uh, that that I come to mind immediately. Well, Glacier, I, I don't know if you knew this. That debut yeah. match against the Gambler was called yeah. by the one and only dead legendary Dusty Rose. Were you aware of that? Oh, I do know that. Yeah, I do know that. <laughs> that has to be special that, to you. That has to be special. Oh. And it was, I'm telling you, Renee, it was, it's incredibly special t- still to this day. It really is. And, uh, and, and, and as I got to know Dusty, you know, it became even more and more special. Um, and, uh, but, the, but the other two I have to put right up there, like I said, it's hard to name one. Is uh, I was such a great fan of, of Ricky Steamboat, still am. But, and I patterned a lot of Glacier after watching Ricky Steamboat. I studied, you know, match upon match upon match so back in the VHS days when I had only VHS as a study, you know, to watch, you know, and I, and I took what I felt like I could get from, from what he did, you know, martial arts wise and make it my own. So it, obviously I wasn't imitating him. And then, and then there's Ric Flair. I mean, you know, Ric Flair, there's that old saying, you know, Ric Flair may not be in a class all by himself, but it sure didn't take long to call roll. <laughs> so, so those are the, those are the, the that's, well that's kind of my, that's kind of my Mount Rushmore of, of wrestlers right there, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I do. I guess I do have one last follow-up question before we get into the game show challenge. So you're coming oh, to yeah. St. Louis. We've talked about uh, Dusty Rhodes. We've talked Ric Flair. We would be remiss if we didn't ask you about this, uh, uh, Glacier. Uh, the late, great Harley Race, uh, who is yeah. synonymous with both Kansas City and St. Louis, did you did you have any run-ins, any experiences, any stories that you could share with the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast? Uh, because obviously that's a very fresh wound in the minds and the hearts of the uh, professional wrestling fans around the world, to be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I can tell you this. You know, when 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 I was with Dusty riding during, uh, you know, we'd ride from uh, a lot of times I'd ride back with him to and from the, our, our, our towns where we'd be wrestling doing the turnbuckle TCW shows. Uh, he always, not always, but he talked a lot about Harley race and how much he admired him. He said, you know, Harley race was the toughest guy he ever, ever wrestled. Um, I remember him telling me a story one time we we're riding home and, and he starts in the story and, and, and I have to tell the dusty boy, so I won't do it justice. He literally says to me, he says, he says, he always called me Raymond. He goes, Raymond, he goes, because I remember one time, and it's funny you said St. Louis. He goes, he, I swear to God, he said, he goes, he goes, it was me and Holly Ray, St. Louis, Missouri. We were a main event. was sold out, and he just stops in mid-sentence and turns to me with the most serious face, and he says, Raymond, it's always important whenever you're telling a wrestling story, you were always main event. It was always sold out. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I remember that. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, yeah, and, and, and obviously I was a huge fan of Harley Race. Uh, when I was growing up, I mean, to me, he was, he was that guy, you know, he was that guy that had that, that forearm tattoo way before people had forearm tattoos. And back but then, like, I always knew, like, can, when I was can a you kid. relate, can you relate to this? There are some guys in pro wrestling that were legitimate badasses. People don't know oh, yeah. this, but you are a true blue 
martial artist. You come from a family of police officers. Harley Race was the yeah. kind of guy that whether it be legit or it be, you know, work, the guy was always a true badass. And I think people miss that about you. You're a guy that is always, even in your 50s, that can always handle himself, whether it be as a school teacher, a professional wrestler, uh, you know, playing football or baseball, whatever it may have been. I think that got lost, and people need to acknowledge that because there are not not everyone is a tough guy in pro wrestling, but there are some guys that can always handle themselves inside and out the ring. I think Harley Race is one of those guys, and I have to say personally, Jonesy, I think Glacier is one of those guys too. <laughs> well, thank you guys, man. I, I can tell you this. Uh, that I, I truly admire and respect Harley Race on so many levels, like so, like everybody else does. And, that, and I, I got a chance to see him at Russell Cade back in November um, and spent some time when he got a picture with him, thank God, because obviously, you know, um, he's recently passed. But um, I will tell you, you know, and, and I appreciate you saying that so much uh, because you know, I, I, with my early, in my early 90s, I went and I wrestled with UWFI in Japan, which was very, very tough. And that's where I was proved to myself that um, – that I was able to kind of, you know, hang with some, some pretty tough cats. And, uh, but I will tell you this, uh, one of my other great friends in and out of the wrestling business, I had a chance to hang out with today and work out with him. And that's, uh, King Haku, uh, or Ming from WCW. One of my best friends. Oh my and, goodness. I spent the whole, <laughs> yeah, I spent the whole afternoon, I spent the whole afternoon with him today. So, uh, so yeah, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, I always I call it the baddest cat in the jungle, you know. So <laughs> yeah, but that was but tell I you guys, that, you that is that, that is Tomatonga's that is Tomatonga's uncle. In case you could yeah. you guys did not know that that is the New Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions, and I believe also the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Uh, yeah, those guys are legit. And I saw I saw King Haku here in Kansas City, and he put a beating on some twenty somethings. That trust me, yeah. those guys will never forget Glacier. <laughs> that is a hundred percent legit. Yeah, and but you know, once again, but you know, before we, uh, you know, before we get off the, the Hardy race, I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I, he's one. He's there. Never will be another like Holly Harley race. And and I I tell people all the time. A lot of my young uh, our trainees, I tell them all the time. You know, watch Harley race. Go back and watch Harley race. Certain things he did, he did so well. You know, and um, that. You know, Dusty used to always have a saying that what's old can be new again. And I always felt to watch people like Harley Race because they were so good at what they did. They were so animated with, with I mean, certain things that, you know, if you if you look at it and say, okay, well, I don't, I don't want you to imitate him, but take something from what he did and make it your own because he was one of the freaking best ever at it. You know, he did it night after night after night, year after year after year. And, and he should be he should be honored for that and remembered for that, which I know I know he will be. But um, I, I know it, if it's that's up to me, he certainly will be. <laughs> Just like Dusty and Lutez and the rest of that legendary group of uh, wrestlers. Amen and amen. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Daniel Price. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, just a quick message here: says being the father of someone with autism, I can totally respect the cause. That being said, uh, thank you for the wonderful interview with Glacier. So thank you, Daniel, uh, for being here and tuning in. Well, listen, we're going to get to all the information about Dino Pro here in just a matter of moments. But, Glacier, we're going to tap into your competitive side because tonight we have the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. The question is, are you ready to strap up and lace up those boots in tonight's edition of 
I guess maybe a little bit of a trivia during the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Uh, Jonesy, why don't you go ahead and give us all the details on that? Absolutely. Uh, so, but the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge is where it's your opportunity to step into the ring with Renee Martinez, the Night Owl, and a little bit of professional wrestling trivia. Uh, are you down to face the Night Owl in some wrestling trivia, sir? Glacier? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were talking to me, but uh, but here, guys, I got to tell you real quick. I only have about ten more minutes because I've, I've got a. Uh, well, well, uh, actually, well, have, hey, listen, we'll be done in people. five. Enter, Timmy. Oh Get yeah, music, okay, baby. great. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are Glacier and the Night Owl, Renee Martinez. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out your answer. In honor of tonight's, in honor of the debut of Glacier on WCW Programming, Tonight's Wrestle Talk podcast category is titled, Tonight We're Going to Party Like It's 1996. I'm going to give you some background information on three individuals who held championships in WCW in 1996. When you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. Uh, It's pretty simple. I'll give you a couple clues. Just shout out your answer. Whoever gets two points wins the game show contest. Pretty simple. Gentlemen, are you ready? Let's do this. Absolutely. All right. Question number one. This former WCW and WWF competitor only held the WCW Television Championship two times, both in 1996 by defeating Johnny B. Baird. He then went on to defend the, the WCW against the NWO, and later joined the NWO Wolfpack. He also went by the name The Total Package. No. He went by the name The Total Package and was managed by Miss Elizabeth. Lex. Lex Luger. Lex Luger is correct. Glacier has one point. The Night Owl has none. (laughs) All right. Question number two. On August 10th at WCW Hallground, this professional wrestler and WWE Hall of Famer defeated the Giant to bring the WCW World Heavyweight Championship to the NWO for the first Hulk time. Hogan. Hulk Hogan is correct. The Night Owl has one. Ah. Glacier has one. It is down <laughs> to question number three. At Starcade 1996, this late professional wrestler won a tournament to become the WCW United States Champion. He then went on to become a Grand Slam Champion in the WWE with defeating Brock Lesnar for his only WWE Championship. He became a member. Eddie Guerrero is correct. The Night Owl has uh-huh. won the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. So here is 
your music. Ladies and gentlemen, another amazing edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Glacier, I know in, in, in win or in defeat, you're always a gracious competitor. Sir, thank you for being here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast tonight. We know you're very, very busy. And you're going to continue to be, man, because people in the professional world, professional wrestling world really appreciate your contributions. Myself, Nightmare Jones, and the WrestleTalk podcast family included. Well, guys, thank you guys for having me on WrestleTalk. I really, really appreciate it. And I, have, I had a great time. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the show this weekend. I hope everybody that's within, you know, driving distance can come support the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to raising some awareness for, like I said, a really great cause. And I really appreciate you guys letting me come on to talk about it. No doubt, Josie. Well, I want to let you jump in and say goodbye. But let me remind everybody – uh, fighting for autism, we've got the women's championship on the line in a fatal four-way. Victoria Reigns, Savannah Stone, uh, Shen Shin, and uh, Tamika Bettens will be in the house. Dirty Ron McDonald versus Ryan Ash. Um, uh, Mark uh, Goddicker against Marcus Buff Bagwell, a guy that I know you're very familiar with. Uh, yeah, yeah Buff's a good, great friend. No, he is a great guy, and he's still kicking ass all over the pro wrestling scene. The artist formerly known as Locky locked out Adrian Surge. Uh, competing against each other, we're going to have a tag team match. The Our City, uh, Our City Mercenaries with the win of discretion. Uh, the Makazi against Glacier and Generation Iron. I mean, this show is going to absolutely be on fire. And again, guys, 100% of the benefits go to fighting for autism. Make sure you guys look them up on Facebook. Make sure you guys look... Devin James up on Facebook and Dynamo Pro up on all social media platforms. Glacier, welcome to the Wrestle Talk family, and we hope this is not the last time we hear from you, sir. Oh man, listen, I'd be love to love to come back on anytime you guys would have me. Thanks for having me tonight. I really appreciate it, guys. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank sir. you so very much, Josie. Say good night, man. Good night, Glacier. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. For coming on to the podcast, uh, it has been amazing. Uh, unfortunately, Glacier had to go. You know, he, he's he's a very, 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 very busy man. Uh, Renee, thank you for another great episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Anything else you want to add before we we call it a night, sir? That's right, baby. Wrestle Talk podcast mugs on sale right now. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Uh, we're doing some big things going into the end of the year, so stay tuned. And I'll tell you what, within a couple of weeks, we're going to have Dr. Tom Pritchard on the show, man. Make sure you hit me with the freestyle intern, Timmy, before we get out of here, and then close us out with whatever music you like, because episode 260 has been on fire, baby. We'll see you all next week. Yo, what up? Night Owl. Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. 
kick in the door, wave in the fourth ball. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, nightmare jones, and all the best chess. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. Wrestle talks podcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. We out, baby. Good night, everybody. Peace.